welcome to Mrs. King's Chronicles, a podcast about the 1980s TV show Scarecrow Mrs. King. I'm Jen Peterson, and I'm joined by my friends Lexi Fima and Taya Johnston, and today we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 11, Santa's Got a Brand New Bag, which aired December 19th, 1986. This episode is number 12 in our revised order, but originally aired number 11, before the episode any number can play. And they did that because they wanted to have this one during... Uh, on the 19th of December, closest to Christmas. And that's why, but it, but it screws up things because Lee gets introduced to uh, Philip in any number can play, which comes after Santa's got a brand new bag when he's already spent the whole time with Santa's got a brand new uh, uh, on Christmas Eve with the boys. So it just screws it up, but it's only because they wanted it to be on during that time. Nice. This episode was directed by Sydney Hayers, who also directed The Boy Who Could Be King. All the World's a Stage, and The Man Who Died Twice, as well as the upcoming episode, Promises to Keep. The writer for this episode was Lloyd Pye. Lloyd was born in Louisiana in 1946 and died in 2009. This is the only SNK episode he wrote, and actually the only writing credit he has, with the exception of documentaries. Specifically, wow. alien documentaries, including The Origin of Aliens, Ancient Aliens, Aliens in Crop Circles, and Is It Real, a documentary on ancient astronauts. Are you kidding me? They're documentaries? I'm, I'm not kidding you. Oh, my he, God. He was also an author, specifically for the book Everything You Know is Wrong, book one, Human Origins, also about aliens. He was a paranormal researcher. I don't think I've actually met an official paranormal researcher. Um, and I'm surprised that this SNK episode was not about aliens at the agency. So, yeah, I don't know if anybody knows the background on him. It seems odd. Like, maybe he was a personal contact of someone on the show, and they brought him in for this. But he only has this one writing credit and the alien documentary. So it, it is kind of interesting. He didn't write for any other TV show, movie. That's insane. Isn't that um, weird? <laughs> It was like, it was like, you know, I gotta make rent money this month. I gotta be serious about something. <laughs> well, and then to write about a Christmas episode on, you know, I guess it's about like us being on toys, but still it's not his polywax and it's almost like he could be writing for the X-Files. If that's what he should have been writing about, he would have been great on that probably. So, but I, I found his background very interesting, you know, to the point where there are a couple of his documentaries that got some awards that I would actually watch. He probably started a lot of this stuff back in the 80s, you know, a lot of those alien documentaries that, that are on now um, that you can jump in and out of on TV. I have two guest stars I'd like to talk about from this episode. The first one is Lyman Ward, who played Maxwell Falcon. He was the mastermind behind Titan Toys. Lyman is Canadian-born from St. John, New Brunswick. And as you might have noticed, he's tall, about 6'3". He started acting in 1971, the day I, year I was born. And he started on the TV show Bonanza. He had one episode, tight roles, and several 70s TV shows, such as One Day at a Time, Laverne and Shirley, Police Story, Kojak, and Alice. And in the 1980s, he had similar, similar roles, playing in Barney Miller, Katie Lacey, 9 to 5, Remington Steel, Heart to Heart, A-Team, and Santa Barbara. And in my mind, he's best known for playing Ferris, Ferris's father in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And one bit of trivia is that he actually married the woman that played his wife in that movie, Ferris's mother. I believe she was his third wife. Um, sadly, that also ended in divorce, but kind of a, a, a neat way to meet there. 
Um, other movies he played in were Independence Day and Not Another Teen Movie. I didn't see Not Another Teen Movie, but um, it was rated pretty well. So just like in the 70s and 80s, he made his way through the 90s and 2000s, gracing several different interesting sets. Of note was The Wonder Years, Melrose Place, The Beverly Hillbillies, So Stockings, Murder, She Wrote, The Practice, Jag, and even The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, which my girls used to watch when they were younger. He is still acting today with a recent project called In the Forest, completed in 2021. The second guest star I'd like to talk about is Ryan Arshon, who played Roger Ingle, Maxwell Falcon's arms dealer of sorts. Reiner is from Germany, uh, who studied in the German National Theater. He's also tall at 6'4". He started acting in the 60s, and he was known for his smooth, bass singing voice. And interestingly, he grew up in East Germany and escaped to West Germany after one of his concerts in 1968. Fascinating background. I mean, I'd love to interview this guy. <laughs> he has a large body of work in both European and Western films and oscillated back and forth between the two for over, over the years. He lived in Los Angeles for a time, but moved back to Berlin, Germany in 2002. Um, he has a big background in providing um, dubbing voices for German films. Specifically, he was the voice of Darth Vader in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith in 2005, and he was the voice for Optimus Prime in Transformers in 2007. Um, his acting career started with a lot of German projects in the 60s and 70s, and in the 80s, he started doing um, Western TV series such as Return to Treasure Island, Star Trek The Next Generation, MacGyver, Knott's Landing, China Beach, Matlock, and Babylon 5 with Bruce. He returned to his German projects after moving back to Germany and his acting work is going strong to this day with his last credit in 2022. So he has kind of an interesting background. Um, I find his background super, both of these guys, uh, Lyman War, super interesting because he played these one acting roles over time, you know, from 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s and on, he would just go to all these cool sets and same with both of these guys did the same thing. And I just think they probably have a whole bunch of great stories about all the actors and shows and, you know, you don't have the stress of, of, of one show. I mean, you have a lot of comfort in that too, but you get to just meet a whole bunch of people and play a whole bunch of different roles. So I thought both of them are interesting. Yeah, you can kind of be an outsider and kind of watching and kind of seeing you see more that way because you're not so involved in it. That'd be it. The yeah. only problem is, and I found this recently, uh, a lot of these people don't remember anything. You know, <laughs> Maybe. Like they really don't remember um, stuff. So you have to get them like right after they've done these things to get a like a true depiction of what happened because. A lot of them, they was like, oh, was I in that show? I don't even remember that. And you're like, what? You're like one of my favorite people from such and such, you know? And they're like, oh, I didn't know I was on there. You're like, oh, kind of breaks your heart. That's true. I mean, if they remember, they could probably write a pretty mm -hmm. uh, neat summary and book on all these different characters yeah. they acted with. But somebody had some of them I'm, I'm finding have a memory of like, steel traps. So it really depends on the individual Probably. Um, Maybe I'm just running into actor. the people that have Alzheimer's yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I uh, there's a really bad echo, but um, I think there's just a wide range of, of, of memories there. But man, what an interesting, an interesting life. That'd be fun. It, it, very interesting. Both of them were. For this episode, 
Lee attempts to skip the holidays by investigating a toy manufacturer that is up to no good. Will Amanda's Christmas spirit be enough to pull him through? Mm, so good. Yeah, nice. I don't know about that, but okay. All right. Uh, for this episode, we do have a shooting final, and it is dated October 27th, 1986. Okay, so this episode opens, and I love, this is my favorite opening of all because it's got the adorable song. They did a special uh, version for Christmas. Um, I had to go back because I was like, did they do that song for uh, the long Christmas Eve? And they didn't. They had just a regular one. Ah. And so this is like extra special. So whoever came up with this idea to do this for this episode. I love you. I appreciate this so much. I think it's adorable. I love the yeah. la la la's throughout. It's just really cute. When I, when it first came on, when I was a kid, I, I still have memories of that going, oh, this is different, you know, and just loving uh-huh. it. So it's really cute. Um, that is. But we do see a Christmas tree. Um, and then we see uh, what used to be marvelous Marvin's headquarters <laughs> uh, and is now uh, Titan toys. And uh, this is on the WB lot. When you come in through the gates, it's on the left-hand side. I do remember that. My brain is going, but not going all the way, apparently, because I do remember that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's it's just like an office building uh, within the lot. But they uh, they definitely used everything around them. I have to give the, the production company props. They definitely used what was around them. When I'm on that lot, I definitely recognize that building. Yes. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, what we see is uh, a wise man. I don't know if he's really wise. Or but... the Burger King. Tell me he doesn't look like the Burger King. <laughs> You're he right. Does. He does. He's just he much totally shorter. Does. He's much shorter. <laughs> that Burger King guy creeps me out in those commercials with that head. Oh, he creeps me out. <laughs> Very strange. Ugh. I don't like Burger King anyways, but I really don't like it now because of that damn commercial. Oh, yeah. creepy. Yes, but now he, I never thought of him, but he totally looks like the American guy. <laughs> yeah, he oh, does look like the guy. <laughs> so he's kind of um, sneaking around. He's in an office building. And I mean, dude, put a mask on so no one sees you as you're putting the shaving cream on. They see you putting it on. Right. All you're doing is comp- keeping them from seeing what you're doing, but they, mm-hmm. they're they on to what you're, you know, that you're doing something nefarious, you know? Yeah. Well, then he doesn't even do anything in that room. He runs to another room, yeah. so it's pointless. He yeah. should have just used it to conceal his identity. Right, because oh. he could have, yeah. he's, he's short enough, he could have just come underneath that camera and they wouldn't even see him. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even pointed yeah. that way. There's got to be something satisfying about spraying paint <laughs> over a camera lens. It was, it was shaving cream. <laughs> Shaving cream, yeah, shaving cream, yeah, it was shaving cream. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, it looked I, like I a Barbasol can, to be specific. <laughs> ah. Um. So then he's got he's definitely a gadget guy because he used a gadget to get into the locked door. Then he's using another gadget to get into the to to the file cabinet. So he's definitely going for something specific. He's in the like it looks like the S's and T's or around that area. Um, they are definitely not utilizing the, the full capacity of that file cabinet. That's for certain. <laughs> it's messy. Yeah. He pulls out a little toy tank and then a uh, blueprint. And uh, he's definitely, this is not his forte. Uh, that is a given. He is definitely not a spy material. He's like sloppy. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like not 
diligent in what he's doing he's just kind of all over the place then he gets his his wise man uh wise man uh costume caught on the door and he leaves what he went into there for in the first first place like dude (laughs) he like leaves it for him and then the bumbling uh security guard is chasing after him that happens to me more than I'd like to make getting my jacket or something caught on a doorknob. Oh my gosh, it happens to me all the like, time. It's my freaking nemesis. It always on the day where it's like, you know what, if one more thing goes wrong, yes. I'm going to yes. home for that day. And it's like the last straw for that day. I'm like, you know what, I know. the day is done. I can do no more. That's it. That's all I What What <laughs> really hurts is when I had, um, before I had my AirPods <laughs> and my um wireless oh, headphones mm-hmm. catching that damn cord it rips those things yeah. off your ear yes. oh my god it hurts so bad i get so mad at that i just want to throw them you know <laughs> oh frustrating all right I can relate. so the burking wise man gets uh gets away <laughs> right he doesn't get the information yeah. that he was looking for but he i think he saw what he needed to see at least you hope he did um and then we go to the agency and you gotta love this the lady in the white and yellow is out front walking her dog we're to believe that this is like a couple days before christmas and she's wearing a short sleeve spring outfit the sun is shining the trees are full and green it is definitely a warm washington winter it's like come on you couldn't sync up like have a file like hey these are uh uh these are establishing shots for fall these are for winter these are for spring these are for summer like how hard is that it's not like this is a fly-by-night show you have you're in the top 20 ratings on the nielsen ratings you should take some time and make some effort here you know and and they re, they did a whole song like they were thinking yeah. that this is a christmas episode right. what else can we do right and then you have the the russian what i'm con, which i'm what i'm convinced is the russian woman who's you know casing the the agency every single day by walking <laughs> maybe she is maybe but she's definitely uh, she's got a short sleeve shirt on and she's in the bright sun and it's just beaming down on her it's like come on uh, I don't know what that is. It's just laziness or attention to detail. Yeah, just it's a lack of attention to detail, or yeah, or it could just be yeah. I do. I recognize that, and I just don't really care. But I don't. I don't know because how hard is it to slap a? All you have to do is edit that in. Good gosh, it's easy. Right. Especially for them, they have the equipment. I think it's just just lack of forethought, really. Anyways, I'm going to, um, before we get into the next, uh, uh, scene here, I was just going to explain. Um, so in the script, it is definitely different. So this is, this takes place before the party. This is the day before the party, uh, at the agency and, uh, Francine approaches with a clipboard. Hi, Amanda. Just confirming. She checks her clipboard. I've got you down for six dozen of your butter, almond, coconut sandies. Amanda says, check. Last night was bake night with the boys. Better make that five and a half dozen. My quality control supervisors took a few samples. Did, <laughs> did you take care of that other matter? And Francine says, project happy holidays. All set. Billy cleared out his case file and I got data to lock out priority one scrambles. There's no way Lee can avoid having a good time for Christmas. 
That's cute. Yeah. Amanda shoots her the okay sign, then turns and admires the room. It's going to be a great party, she says. That's sweet. I like when they have them bonding in a positive way. Yeah, it was was definitely in a positive way. It was kind of nice. But Mm -hmm. we don't get to see that, unfortunately. But we do get to see it in... In the script version, we do get to see them, um, uh, you know, still bond, just not in the same exact way. Right. Yeah. So, but I wanted to point that out because uh, the um, the project that they're working on, right, the project Happy Holidays comes up a couple of times later. So I wanted to make sure we established that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. What we actually do get to see is uh, Amanda comes in. She's got a big stack of cookies um they all look really good they're huge gingerbread ones they look really cute i do like her outfit i think it's super christmasy and still it's kind of more refined than what she normally wears uh like in seasons previous seasons i think she's becoming she's getting a little bit more um styled uh in these Mm -hmm. episodes and becoming a little bit more professional looking um yeah yeah there's your. Uh, I like Francine's outfit too, like that dark oh, green. I yeah. Love that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's your uh, globe I thing know, in the I background. Saw it. I saw it. Bane of my existence this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> so Amanda's handing off cookies, and uh, and <laughs> Francine's like, "There's Amanda!" <laughs> she comes running. She Amanda's her savior, so she's going to be really nice to her this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. I like Francine's poinsettia hair thing. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's cute. It's simple. Yeah, and cute. I want a poinsettia hair thing. I do like her hair. I actually like her hair here, with yeah. the the bangs yeah. and everything. It's it's eighties, but it's it's it. nice eighties. You know, it yeah. looks good. I love it. She comes up to Amanda. She's like, "Is he still following? Is he still following me?" She goes, "Who?" <laughs> she goes, "Beeman," and he's looking mm-hmm. like he's all hot to trot after her. <laughs> She goes one o'clock and closing fast. <laughs> and she's like, oh, she goes one eggnog a year and his libido kicks into overdrive. <laughs> I love how she's like, you got to give me you got to give me the recipe for these cookies as if she's going to bake them herself. <laughs> right. What's up with Leatherneck's outfit, though? Ugh. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Lexi does not like Leatherneck. I hate that guy. I, know I don't hate. I think he's cute and weird tie thing. Yeah. I think he's charming. I think he's charming in his own way. He's not my type at in the very at the not even close. But I think he's I think he's sweet. I know (laughs) if he had better teeth, would you like him? No, he just he's not not Vela level. Okay, I just you know like some people you're drawn to and some people you're you are anti drawn to. That's where he falls. Huh. Okay. I don't have like that much like conversion to him, but yeah, he's definitely. I don't know. It's interesting they cast him for that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And then Beeman too, I guess. I mean, these are supposed to be like Beeman. Spies. I can Look see. Spies. Well, but he's an analyst. Beeman's like yeah, an analyst, yes. and he fits that role. And honestly, I think I think Leatherneck fits that role too. He's a mechanic. He's you know kind of a. Uh, jack of all trades kind of guy i think he kind of fits in that role too just not his teeth that's it maybe he's like a goober mechanic though like yeah 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 like i don't i don't i wouldn't put my like trust in him as a mechanic like he doesn't seem like a mechanic to me not to judge you don't think he's super confident casting him as a mechanic like i'm expecting (laughs) to get mechanic vibes out of him (laughs) 
Me too. It is a confident thing. Like I'm not giving him my car. You know who he reminds <laughs> You know who he reminds me of, Jen? Who? Um, Schneider from One Day at a Time. Oh, I can't remember him off the top of my head right now. The guy he would wear, he would have his cigarettes yeah. rolled up into his sleeve and he'd have oh, them like, okay, yeah. remember him? No, immediately <laughs> yeah. no. <laughs> I know. It was it was 70s TV. That's why I knew you wouldn't know who it, who it is. And it's just interesting casting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't it, yeah. I don't mind. I'm, I don't have the aversion quite much like you guys, especially Lexi has. But uh, uh, yeah, his outfit is very odd for sure. The, it's like, a, what do you call that boat? It's not a bow tie, but it's like a Texas bow tie. It's a Western, yeah. Western like a bolo tie. Bolo tie. That's not what it is, though, no, right? but it's kind. Of, it's kind of like that. No. I don't know. It's weird. It's like a pop your shoelaces out of your shoe and tie it around your neck and tie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I, okay, I won't pick on him that much, but yeah, it's Christmas after all. It's Christmas. <laughs> you guys need to be nice. <laughs> Well, okay, so let's talk about how cute Billy looks in his cowboy hat. Like, yes. that is adorable. Yes. He, looks he so does look cute. cute. And he seems to really enjoy it, too. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah, but um, Leatherneck, before we get there, Leatherneck is, like, apologizing for the decorations. And she's like, what? They look wonderful. He's like, they cut my budget in half this year. <laughs> he goes, but you know, it's amazing what you can do with all those red and green things you find in your munitions locker, right? <laughs> And then, oh, creepy Beeman. Oh, my gosh. He's like, isn't it? He's like, isn't it wonderful? And she's like, yes. Uh, aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky? And she goes, oh, yes, Ephraim. This is the time, the, the season to count our blessings. She goes, I meant Francine and me. And Francine's like, good God. <laughs> he goes, can't you just feel the magic? And, he, and then Leatherneck goes, that magic will hurt you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so you think they have spiked, uh, spiked punch? Apparently, I would. I would hope they're letting loose a little bit. Yeah, right. But unless he's got a, they all have guns on them. I don't want them to let loose too much. But good gosh, <laughs> <laughs> something's something's getting them going. Whether it's a uh... what's on Francine's? Uh, does she have like a corsage or something? What is that? At, look at four forty. Mm, I don't know. It's like mistletoe. A, yeah, it's like something. Oh, I know what it is. The, Beeman's got his arm around her yeah, and he's holding yeah, the mistletoe. mistletoe. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, got it. Uh, in the script, uh, Francine's the one who says uh, that magic will hurt you in the morning instead of Leatherneck. No, he doesn't really add anything to the scene. I don't know why they brought him in. Lexi, I'm sure you love the fact that he's uh, chewing and talking at the same time so that it brings the camera really close in for his uh, mouth with his teeth. <laughs> I'm sure you appreciate Gross. that. <laughs> you know, I don't really want to watch anyone. I know. Really close yeah. To but especially him. And like, you know, some people are densely challenged. If I didn't have braces, <laughs> if my mom didn't pay thousands of dollars to get them. I would have teeth like that. They were terrible. So you I had, can't you had a little snaggle tooth. His overall vibe. Oh my god, my were just jacked as hell. They were oh, terrible. Wow. So. so I, I guess, I don't know. I don't have that same, my radar doesn't go off with him. Uh, my radar does go off with certain people where I'm like, you, you, you are bad, you know, but it doesn't with him, but it, yours definitely, and I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want to hear about Bela again, but, um, but yours definitely goes off with opposite people that mine does. It's weird. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, not that, again, I, he's nowhere near Bela level. That guy I can't stand. <laughs> 
I don't care for him as a character. Yeah. I don't like despise him or loathe him. I just don't think he really adds anything. He doesn't bring anything to the table for me. Not yeah, like TPD. TPD is amazing. Um, like yeah. I think there are some really good guest stars that are like great, or like guest appearances, or like yeah, you know, occasional recurring characters. I'm glad you don't think. Really uh, to it. I'm glad you don't think uh, TP is a creeper because I'd be like, okay, what is wrong with you, woman? Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't get that. Bad. He's, I just he's don't super really like him. I don't think yeah. he adds anything. Yeah. Uh, Leatherneck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Just to be clear. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> now that we got that out on the table. <laughs> I love I love how Amanda's now Francine's best friend because she's getting her away from Ephraim. <laughs> she's like, oh, we <laughs> right. were just on our way to the punch bowl. Come on, Amanda. <laughs> like, they're just best buddies. Listen, that's instant female yeah, bonding. It when, is. When they're protecting you yes. from a creep, like, yes. that's, like, that's your new bestie. Yes. And there's no dope. Yes. There is, there is strength in numbers, especially when you have a creeper guy trying to munch on you, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. Yuck. Just throw him a bone, you know. What the heck? It's Christmas. Oh, that's gross. She's got standards, Jen. She has standards. Okay, I do really like Amanda's belt. I think it's super cute. That black. It looks with against the red. It looks like Santa, like a Santa Claus Mm -hmm. outfit. It's kind of cute. Like Santa. Yeah, it's cute. It does. Yeah, it's cute. Those scars were really in too back in the. I I remember him in the nineties. Yeah, I, I really, I actually have a bunch of silk scarves like that that I yeah. would wear in my hair and like around. But yeah. um, I like, you're, you're exactly right, like her sweater is more tailored, like even mm-hmm. her skirt is yeah. like really nice, the scarf around it, it looks much more like Styl- put together. Yeah, stylish. It's, you yeah. know, again, given the time frame of what it is, but her other stuff was so frumpy. This is more tailored yes. and, and styled, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's, it's nice to see. I do like uh, Francine's. I wouldn't wear them, but they're cute on her with uh, the shirt and everything. The little holly. She it looks like she has like mm-hmm. holly uh, earrings on. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. It's cute. So they're making it over to the punch bowl, which also happens to be where Billy is handing out uh, fruit cake. Do you guys like fruit cake? I think it is nasty. No. No. So not. So not good. What's the origin of fruit cake anyway? What's what? The origin? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I know they put a lot of alcohol. They soak it, right? It's got to come from some... Um... But they have, like, dried fruit and stuff. I just... I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm going to look up fruit cake history. I know. I'm Googling it right now. We're going to teach our listeners something. It's so it's, a, it's like going into real history back oh, in, like, yeah. 1912. But I don't know. I thought it would go back even further. Um, going back, oh my God, from this, from this crazy, um, expedition where, uh, there was an explorer, Robert Falcon Scott in 1912, um, the explorers went to the South Pole and they basically like had a bad time. Um, he, on the return journey, he and his entire group succumbed to exposure and starvation and an artifact, some artifacts that were recovered in 2017, there was a fully intact fruitcake. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. From this early Antarctic base camp. The cockroach of the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> it was in excellent condition and reportedly looked almost edible, which is a compliment for any fruitcake in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. It, it does say, though, that the earliest record comes from ancient Rome. Oh, wow. So, I, yeah, I think that's probably... 
No, it's interesting though. It has been around forever, and I'm sure preserved versions of are everywhere. <laughs> it, they make a good doorstop, I guess. That would be a positive thing I could say about them. <laughs> Here's something about Michigan. One family from Michigan has held out of the same fruitcake for 142 years. Oh it was my God! Delia Ford in 1878, shortly before she passed away. Her husband decided to keep the cake as a way to remember her, and decades later, the couple's descendants are still honoring that wish, for the most part. In 2003, they brought the cake on The Tonight Show and allowed Jay Leno to sample a nibble of it in front of a live studio audience. His review, <laughs> it needs more time. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is so gross. Why would he eat yeah, that? A little while. Little while. Interesting fact, though, the reason they added alcohol specifically was for preservation purposes, which makes sense. And to get slightly mm-hmm. toasted, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I think that's how it's turned in now. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be a little schnockered to have that. Uh, have you guys ever had eggnog? I've never had eggnog. Yes. Is it good? What? You haven't had eggnog? No, I haven't. Um, I really haven't. What are you talking yeah. about? As long as it's, like, spiced appropriately, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I only, like, only ever, like, one glass because it's so rich oh, okay um but it's, it's like it. worth trying it's worth it, yeah, you know, it's a very try. holiday yeah i get like light eggnog because like yeah the full version is like i think too much but the light eggnog is very okay i didn't good. know they had different kinds okay i'll try that i do i've always wanted to try mm-hmm. it but i never have you shouldn't you can put a little fireball in there Ooh. very good fireball and eggnog oh who knew okay that sounds good. You won't be disappointed. I do like, what's that? <laughs> that uh, rum chata. I like that too. That's good. Yeah. So now we're at the point where Billy's handing out the, the door stops and uh, they they tell him he should open his present and he opens it up and it's the cool hat that, that you guys mentioned. Uh, and then it's got an inscription for one of the good guys and it's a white hat, of course. So he's the good guy. Oh, that's great. I didn't even think about that. Yes, it is a white hat. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. He's like, all right. He looks so cute and so pleased with it. So do you guys notice on the, uh, the, the, uh, roster behind Billy TP Aquinas is on there. You know, I didn't specifically. Let me go back. It says TP Aquinas. He's the third one right above Lee. And then R Smith is I believe uh one of the crews one of the crew members. That's interesting because TV doesn't actually yeah. Work so there, he right? doesn't work there. So how is he on there? That's what I wanted to know. Mm. Yeah. Well, so in the script, Billy says, "Notice who put himself back on the duty roster." And Amanda says, "How did he do that?" Billy says, "Beats me. I've been watching the damn thing all day like a hawk. He's good. He er- Billy erases Lee's name, and then mm. he says, "We all work too hard to take some time off." We all work too hard not to take some time off at Christmas, including Lee. Project Happy Holidays goes as planned. Get up to the Q Bureau and get him out of here. That's an order. Merry Christmas. So, so he's, bossy. <laughs> he's, he's in on it too now. I'm sure it feels good because he knows Lee has somewhere to go that is holiday-oriented, right. mm-hmm. holiday-centric right. too. So uh, in the script, I love the notes that they have in it. It says, Amanda's side of the room, this is, uh, sorry, interagency Q Bureau day. Amanda's side of the room is elaborately de- decorated with seasonal tidings. 
A little tree is in the corner. Cards trim her desk. Lee's side of the office is less festive. He's on the telephone. <laughs> like, he's not supposed to have anything on his side of the room, and she's she's got it all decorated nicely. <laughs> Wait, did we skip over the part with Dr. Smith and her? I think that's yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading the script part. It was just oh, funny. Oh, okay. Because uh, that part isn't actually in the script. Uh, when. Oh. Yeah. Well, it, it is, but not here. So oh, okay. it, it comes in at the party, which remember the party is happening earlier in the film version than it actually does in the script. So that's why. Uh, but we also didn't talk about uh, Francine. Ephraim actually slides his hand down on her butt and she's like, Ephraim, is this yours? <laughs> like, dude, that's freaking sexual harassment. What the very hell? For being a, a highly skilled agent, she handles it very gracefully. Yes. I actually had a guy at our holiday party at an uh, old company and he was the creepiest guy. He was from Louisiana and um, he at the party, it was super crowded by the bar. We had two bars, you know, going and it was super crowded over there because everybody was standing in line trying to get drinks. Right. And I'm 23, 24. So I'm young still, you know. And uh, he comes up and he's next to me and he's rubbing his elbow on my breast. No. Like what God. feeling, like what do you, what, what can you feel in that? Like, wh- why would you do that? You know, like what kind of pervert, perverted mind does that? You know? And he's like looking at me and I'm like, I go, move your hand, uh, move your elbow now. And he looked at me and he was like, oh, shit. And then he stopped and then walked away. I was like, what What the hell, dude? So creepy. People are so bold. I don't understand. They really are. They are so creepy. Yeah, I just shudder to think about what happens to people in, like, hospitals or, you know, like, because no one's watching. Yeah. People are down. Yeah. You know? Yep. Ugh. I'm, I'm going to have a full camera on me when I go in for surgery. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's so sad that you have to worry about it. Too, I know. You just don't know. You never know. It is. But to do that, like, in plain sight, at a party, you know, like, at a party. Around, that's like, crazy. And then, and then he, Ollie, he'll say later is, oh, I was, I had too much eggnog. And it's like, okay, you know, there's a, there's a line there. You, you, you need to be in control. If you can't, if you are incapable of that, then don't drink at a party. Right. Right? Or ever, but yes, or ever, right. Yeah. That's a danger. Like, drinking at a work party, it seems like it would be dangerous for some people. Just stay away from alcohol. You can't handle it. Yeah. So uh, Amanda gives uh, Billy a whole tray of cookies. She knows how to, his way to his heart. <laughs> and then Ephraim puts the, the uh, mistletoe over uh, Francine's head. He wants to totally kiss her. And she's like, we need to talk. He's like, what? Ephraim, why do you do this? What? Last year, you had one glass of punch. And then you gave me the pink slip to your Buick, and you begged me to run off to Greece with you to raise goats. So? This guy cannot I would, it, I would have to leave my job and never go back if I did something that embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be brutal. Ugh. God. Well, and then we get uh, back to to Amanda and Billy, and Billy's like, uh, "Where's Lee?" And she's like, "Oh, he's upstairs working on the Brandenburg file." And and Francine's like, "No, I I finished that last night." And she goes, "Well, well, he's working on something." And uh, and Billy goes, "Well, look who put himself 
uh, back on the duty roster. Oh, that's so weird. What? When they show an up close version of the duty roster, it says mm-hmm. above it, it says Ken. I'm just going back really quick because I want to look. Did the names change or something? The names totally change because it goes, mm-hmm. it, the first name. I thought I noticed something like that between the two. The but... first name is LH something and then it's Ephraim Beeman and then it's TP and then it's Lee. Okay. And then we get down to the close up and it's K Galvao Galveo and then Lee Stetson and then R Smith. And so mm. it's it's not even it's not even the same shot, you know, same board yeah. or anything. That's kind of funny. Mm. But TP was definitely on that one in the long shot. All right. Oh, yes, and and Corcoran is also a a a member of the crew. I love how they always they always inject people's names in the show. It's cool. Yeah. So Billy tells her to get upstairs and get get Lee and give him get him to uh, stop working. So she heads up and she heads to the elevator and uh, just as the elevator's opening, Doctor Smith, Mister Grinch that stole Christmas, <laughs> starts yeah. walking out. Hello, sir. Merry Christmas. Hello, King. Are you looking for the party? I'm packing some GCs for the gang. Gift certificates, King. Hmm. Point me in the right direction. All right, right down there in the bullpen, sir. Oh, here. Pick up a bobble on me. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas. Don't ever do that again. I won't, sir. Thanks. Peace on earth. Yes, sir. He is so... I I did that video for the Grinch. He is is such a Grinch. He really really is. is. He's so... He, like, gets... He seems to get, like, a, a kick out of making people miserable. You know, oh, for sure. Like, it's, how it, small he, can he make them feel that day? Like, yeah, how can he be like, like the more he was a little, yes, or over people, the better he feels. He's yes. just like a classic bully. He's like my I older know. brother. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. he would pick on me, and the, the more I would get upset, the more happier he would be. Yeah, the happier he would be. Well, I think even his face shape and everything looks like the Grinch, so yeah, yeah it, it does kind yes, of. Yes, you're right. All right, so. Uh, Amanda comes up to the Q Bureau and Lee is working. He's got his nose in a file and literally Amanda's area is all decked out and looks adorable. She's got a wreath up the door around the door. Trim is all uh, the, the greenery and, and those are holiday cards. All oh, yes. It's so cute. <laughs> and then Lee's desk has nothing like there's nothing yeah. around his, not even a piece of tinsel it's is on his rich. desk. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's so like why, remind me why he hates Christmas so much. Is it because of his parents or just? Well, general? I think he never. No reason. Like he says, his uncle would say, you know, take him to a store and he'd pick out a couple things, and then that was it. So I don't think he really got into was allowed to celebrate it, and and probably just didn't. He probably, I mean, if you're a kid and you're hearing all these your friends. Like talk about oh I got this and I got this and we got to do this and we we got we had sang Christmas carols and we had hot chocolate you know and then you all you have is barracks you know the the barracks and and you got a couple of things that you picked out yourself I mean and didn't even get wrapped you know what I mean so it's probably yeah. like a I hate it because I was never able to do it kind of thing is what I kind of gathered yeah I mean I. I, I... I kind of thought that he'd get more into it because of his relationship with Amanda and her family. And right. Kind of like he did with jumping on the bandwagon of getting a house and horses and all that. Like he might jump on the bandwagon of Christmas and mm-hmm. which may 
maybe he does towards the end when she kind of shows him the way, but... Right. Yeah, he does take a particularly strong Scroogey attitude in this one, yeah. is something that's surprising. Well, I, I, I mean, that's the gimmick, right? Everybody, there's always a yeah. Scrooge in the group, right? And you always have to give him, get him to get in the mood for it. You know what I mean? So I think that he's the easy target for this. Um, mm-hmm. So they, mm-hmm. I, they accentuate that, I'm sure, a lot. But it's probably some of that, you know, some of some of what I said and, you know, some of just them, you know, wanting to have somebody who's, you know, grumpy and being grinchy, which for my case, uh, my bet is a sure bet is uh, Dr. Smith for the Grinch anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just a grump. But Amanda comes in and uh, she s- kind of sneaks over her present under the tree for Lee and uh and then she's like oh would you look at that it looks like santa's been here it's just so it's kind of cringy for me because it's just so <laughs> it's like come on he's a grown-ass man you know <laughs> i know she's trying to get him in the mood and everything but it's very <laughs> she's she's treating him like one of her boys you know what i mean mm-hmm. which yeah, is she's banging him yeah yeah apparently he needs to be treated like one of her boys <laughs> i guess so <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, it is a little cringy. I agree. She needs to give him a spanking. <laughs> yeah. He's something. naughty. So in the script, is um, one thing she, one little thing she mentions, which I thought was funny, um, when he says, uh, Lee says, oh no, is Billy handing out those cakes again? And Amanda says, be nice. His wife goes to a lot of trouble. When are you going to open some of these? I'm dying to know what the State Department sent over. He goes, I'll get around to it. So apparently the State Department sent a Christmas gift for him, which is funny, I think. And uh, Maybe it's like a spy pin or something fun. Yeah. She <laughs> says, you make it sound like a dentist appointment. Christmas is supposed to fill you with joy. He goes, I've got joy. Four years ago, I would have been in Tibet right now. I'm a lot better than I used to be, thanks to you. Give me a hug. And she says, yes, you are much better. But I know for a fact you haven't bought your office presents yet. Let's hit a mall. He goes, I can't right now. Something just came up. She goes, you managed to come up with something all week. You can't put off shopping much longer. The party's tomorrow. And he grabs his jacket. He goes, I promised I can't turn turn down a friend. And then he goes off. So this, in we actually don't see what we actually, in the script, they don't have the call between um bernie and lee come after amanda coming in it's happened before she even comes in so it's slightly different that way and she's like please for once don't invent a problem he's like i'm not (laughs) and then when he leaves she goes some crisis so in the film version though she tries to get him to go to to finish his shopping because she knows he hasn't hasn't done it does it look like you guys like dyed his hair in this episode or is it just me uh, it does seem like a little darker to me. It seems like a little more red, like it's got some red in there or something. Maybe yeah, it's a it's light. Different. Maybe it's lighting or something. I love. It. She's like, "Why are you so hard to get in the mood?" He's like, "I'm not hard to get in the mood." She goes, "You're <laughs> impossible to get in the mood." <laughs> she goes, "Let's go get you some eggnog, and then we'll take you to the nearest shopping mall, <laughs> and I'll help you do your shopping." And then he goes, oh, and then the phone rings and she, she holds it down like she's not going to let him answer it. And then she hands it to him. <laughs> Just kind of like, oh, fine. So it's Bernie Jakes, Mr. Burger King. And uh, <laughs> he's working on all kinds of little gadgets. He's definitely a toy maker, gadget man. Uh, and he's saying that he thinks he's getting taken for a ride. And, and Lee, 
would have normally been like, Bernie who? Like what? Like, I don't even know this person, you know? And he's, he's like, well, I don't like that. I don't like that. The sound of that one bit. It's like, don't you want to know the details? He goes, no, it doesn't matter. I can be there in 10 minutes. It's like, dude, you're just trying to get out of Christmas shopping. Right. And he goes, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And she's watching him like, are you for real? <laughs> and then she's like, trouble? He goes, if he wasn't such an old friend, I wouldn't be running off like this. BS, I call shenanigans. <laughs> he goes, I'll just be an hour and then we'll do that, do that shopping. And she goes, I can go with you. He goes, one hour. She's like, it's going to be another scarf this year. <laughs> and then we're back to Marvelous Marvins. I mean, Titan Toys. <laughs> so I never realized, I am I stink at realizing, at like putting, oh, that person who's, you know, just a, a guest star, it was on, was actually this person in this other show. I never, until you said that, I never realized that's Ferris Bueller's dad. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it's like the guest stars. Yeah. That's I didn't so click funny. during this episode that that and was it, As soon as you said it, I'm like, oh my God, it is his dad. Yeah. Now <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh, when I first funny. watched it and when I watched it again, that's, I was like, oh my God, that's Ferris Bueller's yeah. dad. Because, <laughs> yeah. because, because, you know, I, I watched that all the time. I grew up watching yeah, it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a good He one. was like an instant. I always love that. You know, like things. Uh, like where I've seen them and then I see them in Scarecrow first and like they were in that first like that was one of their probably <laughs> first things like that always brings me a lot of joy. I, I yeah I, I think it's cool I I'm now I'm better at it but only now because we're doing these you know like we're paying more attention to the to yeah the, uh, outside players I nor all the whatever 80 times I've watched this I never have <laughs> picked up on it but now like since we've been doing this show, I'm like, oh my God, that's so-and-so. They were in here. This They're in this episode of this show and they're on this. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez. I never picked yeah. up on it before. So we see Ferris Bueller's dad and uh, mm-hmm. he's in uh, looking around. It's, it's his place. And he goes over to uh, the German guy who's creepy. He creeps me out a little Ooh, bit. I feel like he looks like Dr. Smith. He looks oh, like they could be. Looking from they the could, side, yeah, they could be like, brothers. Yeah, they could be. I see what you're saying. They could be he brothers for sure. They could. You're right. Yeah. Crazy. Hmm. There's no way on God's green earth that computer they're watching would have that <laughs> video on there. It's hilarious. It, yeah. The idea that they would think that we would believe that is so funny. Right. <laughs> It's not that crisp on an iPhone. It's not yeah, even, it's yeah, like exactly. Ring, like a ring camera. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like 40 years later, right? It's yeah. so funny. But they're watching Bernie. This is what I'm saying. Like, dude, what were you? One, you could have gotten underneath there because he's so short. He could have gone underneath there and they wouldn't have seen. Yeah. They would have saw probably a top of a head and that's it. But instead mm-hmm. he gets his face right up in there and then sprays the can of, of shaving cream in there. Like. I'm messing up your camera. Look at my face. Like, make sure you get a good picture. Dumbass. <laughs> so he's like, he used the party to get in. It's Jake's. You know, you should have let me kill him six months ago. He goes, always the wrecking ball with you, Ingle. Never the fine strokes. He goes, so he saw the tank. So they the, they must have had a report out from the security guard that he found the tank. So they know he knows that. Which, you know circumstantial really there's not a lot of you know so what he knows that right i mean even though we know what he knows it's not really enough it's just enough it's just enough to start poking holes in things which you know 
you don't kill somebody over that for crying out loud. I mean, you don't kill anybody over oh, anything, God. but especially that. So Ingle says uh, a delay will not go well in East Berlin. So they're obviously dealing with the East Germans. Um, and he said, Germans admire punctuality. He goes, so who's going to believe this disgruntled ex-employee? He goes, why take the risk? I don't want you to kill him, Ingle. Once you start killing people, we're into a whole other level of concern. He goes, perhaps I'll just slow him down a little. Okay, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Bit ominous. So now we see uh, Lee at Lee's vehicle, and he's over at Bernie's house, which in the yard at 9-11 there, um, <laughs> that snowman, we totally had that snowman in our front yard growing up, those big plastic hard. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. those? They had, we had like the whole nativity scene and, and Frosty the Snowman and Santa Claus. We had all those. That's so funny. A lot of those get sold at like um, vintage and antique stores now and people eat them up around this time wow, of year. Wow, that's so funny. Do they go for a good amount or is it just kind of like $5? I mean, it depends on the condition and whatnot, but like some that are in really great condition would be like, I don't know, 30 bucks I've seen. Wow, 30 I'm surprised. To 50, just depending on like what character it is. I was, was it with so, you that was somewhere that they had one for like, Ninety dollars, and we were like, "Holy hell!" Or maybe that was Lane. I can't remember. It was okay, one. It was either yeah. you or Lane. It was an L. It was an L name. <laughs> <laughs> those things are gonna last forever. You talk about yeah. things. They're gonna find those things million <laughs> years from now. That plastic is never yeah, gonna break down. It's, it's yes. never gonna break down. Yeah, it's not. That's Christmas so forever. <laughs> <laughs> Frosty the Snowman forever. Forever. So. We are now inside Bernie's house and he's like, they're, they're noodling with my tank design. And he goes, I thought Titan laid you off months ago. He goes, they did, but they didn't make any, that didn't make any difference to the hotshot MIT research and development team. They kept working on it. He goes, how do you know? He goes, well, a lot of the engineers, they hang out at the bar over near the plant. He goes, I hear things. I built the original prototype for that tank 10 years ago. Mr. Lomax, he loved it at the time. So Mr. Lomax owned the company before uh, Falcon came in. He goes, he didn't like war toys, so he put it on the shelf for this. And he shows him it's a um, weird-looking creature with a big nose and a furry body. I don't know what that yeah. He goes, Jeez. Harry Bing, the strange thing. He goes, Bernie, I wasn't much for toys as a kid. He goes, ah. And then he throws it up against the ceiling and it sticks. He's got suction cups everywhere. Hmm. He says it brings that's in a million dollars a year for them. There's no way that that thing sticks. They must somebody just caught it up there or something yep. because yes. there's no way. Yep. No way. Agreed. Like, Agreed. Agreed. So then he's explaining. So we're getting the backstory here. Falcon buys the place and changes the whole ball game. So he buys this, you know, toy store, toy shop, and he's like, you know. Lee's playing with the toy uh, plane and he goes, don't play with that. <laughs> He's a little kid. He goes, he hired a bunch of PhDs right out of college. Compartmentalized all the workstations and went high tech. He goes, Lee, every door is locked. Everything is a big secret. He goes, well, we live in an age of secrets, Bernie. He goes, yeah, but this guy, he's nuts about it. He goes, you want some cider? And Lee looked he, you want some cider? And Lee looks around and goes, sure. And so then he does this whole big spiel with a little remote thing. And then this little 
robot comes out. I remember those. Not that exact one, but similar ones like that. And he's got the cider on there. It's like, well, okay, why don't you just bring out the cider and put it on the table when you? Yeah, were... because you know he prepared it. Yeah, like, exactly. He poured it in there and he said, "I'm drinking." He's like, "I'm really good. I'm impressed." Yeah, it. exactly. Like, over. That's all I had in my head too, Lex. It That's looks like urine like samples to me. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I know, like doctors' offices could use those. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. I do like uh, Lee's suit. It looks nice. I'm not a big fan of the tie. It's not great. But the I liked the one he was wearing back in the office. It was like that gray color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the robot brings him the brings him the cider, and then you know it's supposed to be just to show us that this guy is you know pretty gadgety and creates things. He goes all the old time engineers. He goes. He says after we buy my tank, I mean the whole place. Bruce looks a little orange there to me. Yeah, you're right. You see it too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Lee doesn't seem super impressed with the uh, cider. <laughs> the, the cider robot. He could be having eggnog with this yeah. uh, girl in his office, but yeah. he just had to run away like a little coward. He goes, he goes, okay, so he goes high tech. All the old engineers get their walking papers. Hold on. He goes, then what? He goes, I thought that I would be around for a while after he revived my tank. I mean, the whole place was buzzing over the R&D that was supposed to go into my original design. So we were supposed to be in the Christmas stores by Christmas. We were supposed to be in the stores by Christmas, but uh, that is until this, Walter the Singing Frog. He goes, go ahead, push his beanie. He goes, what? He goes, go ahead, push the beanie. He goes, all right. And, and then it starts singing in a high-pitched voice, I'm Walter the Singing Frog. <laughs> and then he turns it off. He goes, so what happened to your tank? He goes, ah, well, the day before we were supposed to hit the assembly line, Falcon decides that it w- wouldn't turn a profit, and he locked it up the prototype. And then at the last minute, he takes Walter here and slaps him right into the onto the market. He goes, I saw the tank, Lee. It's no different from the one that I made 10 years ago. Balsa wood plastic bullets, sparks, spark plugs, that's it. He goes, well, where'd all the R&D go? Up the chimney? And then he claps, and this little, what is that, like a cat? Wacky cat. Wacky cat. cat. Wacky cat. Supposedly the next height item from Titan. It's kind of creepy. It definitely is. He goes, the squirt gun has got more high tech inside of it than this thing. He goes, look, Falcon didn't hire a lot of MIT engineers just to sit on their hands. Now, what is going on, Bernie? He goes, I've seen it happen before. He goes, what? He goes, a big company, they promise a designer a toy, develop it, and then put it on the shelf, claiming that it's too expensive to mass produce. Then they turn around and then sell the guts to another company. And the designer is left holding the bag. No bonuses, no royalties, no credit. He goes, Lee, can you help me? He goes, toys are hardly my expertise. He goes, oh? And I suppose that putting little cameras and wristwatches were mine when you were in trouble. He goes, all right, but I can't promise you anything. He goes, anything? Anything would be better than me sitting here wondering if I'm on the bad end of a million-dollar ripoff. So a long story, but that's how we get to this guy has created little gadgets for Lee. And helped him, you know, be able to set things, you know, get little things that he needs for being a spy. And so, therefore, he'll help him. 
It's like Lee has to, it's, it's so funny. Lee always has, he helps people that have helped him in the past um, or that have saved his life, <laughs> which yeah. also helped him in the past. Amanda's house looks super cute, all decorated for Christmas. Yeah, it sure does. With the little lights and the lights around the door. The actual house uh, in California looks so cute, decorated. They always do such a nice job for it. So we get to see Joe in this episode, somewhat briefly, but it's nice. The house is all decorated. Joe's playing uh, key on the keyboards. We had those as kids, kids too. And you'd like sit there and try and play like certain, you know, songs with just one finger. Mm -hmm. I even had a little one. It was like just a little pocket piano. It was like, like a credit card size. It was tiny. Hmm. It was definitely an 80s thing to have yes. those keyboards. Yeah, definitely. I remember is. a lot of people had those. Mm -hmm. And yet not a lot of people play the piano still. I can do Silent Night. <laughs> silent Night, you know, with, with a couple fingers, like three fingers. Uh, so he's on the couch playing and Amanda comes in and uh, oh, I like her red coat. Why I don't like that she calls him sweetheart. Just no, 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 no. That's yeah. that's the, that time has passed. That ship has sailed, my dear. Yes. Come up with another nickname. Try yeah. his actual name. That's yeah. an excellent choice. I mean, I know that she and she and Sam are super close just because they worked together for four years on the rookies, and and then she got him on here and they're friends. But like, it it comes across in their interaction that they're just too intimate you know yeah mm -hmm. but he 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 is a nice guy he seems like yeah he's a good guy but uh she's she's like oh that sounds wonderful and he's like yeah i set it up early for the boys and then he says that philip's already mastered the marine corps him she goes it's great to have you here for christmas Dottie is so sassy and funny in this episode <laughs> she is <laughs> she cracks me up on this she is just so <laughs> She's so pissed off at her sister. Like, you know how your your siblings can get under your nerves and you can just get so irked by them? She is mm -hmm. so irked by them, by her sister. And she hasn't even been there a whole day, as Amanda says later. And she comes in. Will someone go upstairs and tell my sister that you don't cook a goose in tinfoil? And Amanda's like, Have you, are you guys already at each other's throat? She hasn't even been here a whole day. And then he's like, Let's let's relax with some Christmas carols and work on that big bowl of nog in the refrigerator. And then she goes, oh, Lillian wanted to get into that before lunch. <laughs> and then Amanda says it's beginning to sound a lot like Christmas. <laughs> and then she starts yelling. She yells up the stairs. She's like, why does she think she can come here? And why does she come here and think she can take over my kitchen? <laughs> and she's like, mother. I'll talk to her, okay? Like, please just stop yelling. <laughs> she goes, I hope so. I do like her blue sweater. That color's pretty on her. Yeah, it is. Boy, Sam's eyes are blue. We're then blue, man. They yeah, are so like blue. Ice, like ice blue. They really mm -hmm. are icy. So the boys come running in and <laughs> Philip's chasing Jamie and Jamie's got tinsel all through his hair and she tells him enough and... God, they look old, don't they? Especially Philip. They really do. They've grown like so much. Now. Yeah. And they look awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I think she said that already, Jen. She called them men, so that kind of mm. synonymous. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's like an awkward stage. Right oh, it there, totally is. Yep. Yeah. I feel bad. 
<laughs> you feel bad for them or you feel bad for saying that they look awkward for them oh, okay it's like yeah, it's hard. like yeah exactly where they're at in their ages like I think about my photo album and how oh, I was when I was in middle yeah. school God help me yeah. I was on national tv during the difficult time <laughs> yeah. of my life like how old were you questionable... when you had braces oh I I started them young I think I was like eight and oh then I wow got that is off. young um, oh now yeah, uh, most of my baby teeth, I had one baby tooth that was still left, and then um, that came out, and, uh, wow, and anyway, I had them from eight until 12 and a half, and then oh, I wore wow. a retainer for, like, five years. Well, oh, I wore it, like, 24-7, except for eating for a year, wow. and then for the following five years, I wore it at night. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's a, a commitment, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. You don't they know stay how- down, look at them. Yeah, they, they are, are so beautiful. straight. They're very pretty. I don't want to know how how long I had braces on. Oh, how long? Zero. Me too. Oh, you never had braces? <laughs> Me either. Amazing. Wow, that's amazing. I just got lucky jeans there. Not in some areas, but there in the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Lane never had them either. Tyler didn't have to have them either. He's got straight teeth. But Brady's going to have to, I think. Hmm. Beautiful teeth, though, now I see. So it was definitely yeah, worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I did it so young, too, and that my mom really emphasized the importance of, like, uh, you're getting this once. Orthodontia is not covered after 18, so if you want them to look great, you need to yeah. do it. And I think girls are generally better at taking care of it and following directions and <laughs> that sort of thing. Because when I think yes. about my youngest brother who got them, he fucked his whole mouth up after he mm-hmm. had it on for like two or three years and he was supposed to wear his retainer and of course he did it and now it looks like he never had them. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, my, mm-hmm. yeah, my son's kind of like that. Luckily, he only had braces on for like a year. He has good teeth as well. But That's um but yeah, he doesn't, not so much in remembering about retainers and such. So mm-hmm. usually when we come in at night and like, do your retainers to a flashlight? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Coming in, like, it's a retainer check. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I get yeah. it. Things. I 100% get it because they are not cheap. My girls were so easy in this regard. I mean, well, I'm sure it's Tyler, going on, but Tyler was easy too. That. Tyler was easy too, but he just hid it from us. Where Brady is just, in, Lexi knows, Brady is just so, open. so I'll tell you whatever sweet. you want to know. He's so sweet. He's just very mm-hmm. tender, sweet, and tender hearted and everything. And he just will tell you everything and you're just like, she wouldn't be so open on this <laughs> Too much information. It's so sweet, though. It's but so I'm sweet. Also, you, like, you, you want to have a yes. go with questions. Yeah. And yes. I never feel shame. Exactly. And that's, like, and that's what I, we're doing. You don't want to know. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yep. Oh, God. It's awful. Yeah. But they are gross. They are. Totally, they are totally gross. Mm. I don't know how they're wired. I truly don't. <sighs> Thank God we're not. You know? Like, I know we have, it, women have it a little, I mean, seriously, let's, you know, we have it a lot harder. We have the babies, we have the periods, we have to deal with yes. men, <laughs> you know, but God, the alternative, it's just not, it's not worth I it. It's I like to think about the way that they're wired. Like if they had to deal with even a little bit of what we had to do, oh I don't think God. society would have progressed at all. No. I think, I think they would still be in case. I think that they yeah. would still be on all fours. Like I, I genuinely just, I am with you on that one. I agree. 
and I don't, I, I, a lot of it is probably societal conditioning, but I also think it's genetic and I don't have any research to back that up. No, I, 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 I'm with you on that. How many I've interacted with, it's just like, they are so consistent and how terrible they are. It's their, it's how they think. Yeah. Yeah, they, it's a completely different way of what they think. And like, we're thinking all these different things, you know, we could be doing five different things and they're doing one and they're just, that's all they think about. Yeah. (laughs) I have more thoughts in their brain, except for the one thing that they're thinking about. If they're even thinking about it it's or so weird acting <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. it, they are it's very different that's for sure Ugh. i grew up with four older brothers i'm well aware that how men can be luckily <laughs> yeah. luckily mine are on a on the other end of the scale thank god my boys are and and lane they they're more respectful and they you know and i think that is the societal you know the the uh, environmental things that mm-hmm. you know it's a different environment yeah. that they grew up in, you know. Lane grew up with an yeah. older sister and a mom that were very, you know, well aware of themselves. And, you know, like he leaves, he puts the seat down every, like you don't have to ever ask him to. You know, he always right. has it down. My brothers, they just leave that shit up. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. even little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did Jen, is your, are yours cool like that? No, but yeah, he's the youngest of girls right yes. so yeah so he'll grow up in a very like yeah um, he'll grow up like lane did yeah he'll i think like yeah i think though. if they're older brothers i think that's different because you know you have sort of that bad influence and then parents have the boys at first mm-hmm. they don't at know some point you probably just at some point you probably just give up it's like I know my mom said after all those boys she's like after all those nasty boys I finally got a girl (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she was like and it was so easy you know (laughs) if you have like yeah four you had four Mm -hmm. of them I mean yeah you'd probably just say okay I give up putting down some plastic around the toilet yeah yep so true okay let's get back to the awkward boys here so Philip has been so looks so different. Uh, Philip has been uh, chasing his brother around and throwing crap in his hair, and uh, he's like, "What is going on?" She's like, "What is going on?" And he goes, "Jamie goes, Philip's trying to put white stuff in my hair." And she goes, "Why would he want to put white stuff in your hair when there's already that silver stuff in your hair?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Typical boys. And then, oh, and Aunt Lily's up in our room crying. Mother, what did you say to Aunt Lillian? Nothing, nothing. We were just discussing the menu for tomorrow night. Well, there might have been a certain amount of bodily contact. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Dottie. <laughs> that is horrible. She's so sassy in this one. It's hilarious. Around the holidays, there's always some relative and upstairs crying. Really? That's so like sad. In-laws. I don't know. I remember growing up, like my mother-in-law. I mean, not my mother-in-law, but my grandparents. We always see my mom's mother-in-law and father-in-law. Like they didn't get along. It's like oh. we go stay with my grandparents, and there's just always this tension. And I swear, there's always tears. I just think, wow, it just comes with the territory, probably with families and there's all those emotions and feelings yeah. that are really easy and it's stressful already they're just trying to like handmade this beautiful like yeah. 
um, apron for Dottie, and you know, Dottie's all like all over. I mean, it's just, <laughs> she, like, she better I'm do some groveling cry. later. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go cry and sew your apron, Dottie. <laughs> That's what I've talked about, yeah. But yeah, I just think it's a common thing around the holidays, and there's some relative crying after the scene with uh, Dottie and uh, the kids. We're back at the agency. It's evening. Leatherneck and Lee are going through all the toys that uh, Bernie gave them. And they're, you know, saying there's nothing high tech in here. Right. So they can't figure out what's going on. But in the film or excuse me, in the script, uh, Lee and Leatherneck are hovered over the inner workings of Walter the Singing Frog. His desk is littered with several toys. Dynamic Dudley, a yellow 4x4 truck on top of his computer. Baby Teardrops, a rubber doll, is at his side. Shecky Tang, the orangutan, and Wacky Cat are found at Lee's desk side in Wobble... Sorry. And at lee's desk side is wobble wagon your basic american flyer type with wobbly wheels lee is talking on the telephone lee says into the phone amanda before you say anything i'm sorry this is just taking longer than i thought she goes no problem the stores are all open for another three hours he goes i thought they closed at six she goes not not three days before christmas he goes well okay we can shop and then get dinner i've just got to swing by bernie's and i'll be there she said terrific see you loose intercut as we as she hangs up the phone philip and jamie have joined joe at the organ the sounds coming out of the this thing sorry the sounds coming out of that thing constitute a van halen nightmare and amanda looks at Dottie, and Dottie says kind of makes you nostalgic for perry como and then a big grin crosses amanda's face there these are the sounds of christmas Oh my gosh. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So back to the film version. Uh they're they're seeing that there's no tie tech at all in the toy, so they can't figure out why Lee can't piece together why they have all these high tech PhD people, um, MIT grads and such, when they're clearly not utilizing them unless they are and there's something else going on. And then Lee picks up the, the little pistol and he's like, I had the same exact pistol when I was a kid. There's nothing like the smell of caps in the morning, huh? <laughs> and he's like, well, look, boss, the banquet table. I got to set up the banquet table, so I've got to get down there and help out. He goes, all right, thanks a lot, Leatherneck. He goes, you know, the IRS audited Titan's toys a couple months ago. Now, according to Falcon's budget, he uses most of his money for research and development. Very high tech research and development. But where's it going? He goes, beats me. I'll see you. So he was pretty much there just for Lee to inform the audience that that information, obviously. It's almost like somebody else. I think he was supposed to be with somebody else, you know, like he was supposed to tell that to Amanda on the phone or something. Yeah, maybe. He shoots He shoots up at the ceiling at that thing. And then all of a sudden that, that thing falls down on the desk. That was pretty funny. And then he kind of chuckles. He's quite pleased with himself. Okay, so now we're we we've got Ingle and he is in Bernie's house and he is he's just knocked over Bernie's fallen and um can't get off. Bernie's <laughs> fallen and he can't get Seriously? up. Seriously. <laughs> and Ingle word. calls 911 and just starts, you know, going help, help and then hangs up. So mm-hmm. someone's coming to help. He's going to start a fire. 
uh, and, and make it look like the tree caught on fire. And, uh, and then he gets out of there. So he's just trying to get him hospitalized. He's not trying to kill him, but he's trying to hospitalize him so that it slows him down. So he's not coming and getting, uh, you know, in, in their business. So, okay. You think that he's not trying to kill him? Because yeah, because he said he, he wanted, call. he said earlier he wanted to slow him down. He wasn't going to okay. kill him. Okay. Got it. Cause, cause last, I guess I didn't catch that. Cause when he was talking to Ferris Bueller's dad, he's like, you should have let me kill him six months ago. So right. I thought he was trying to kill him. Right. But if he was trying to kill him, why would he call 911? That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I see now because why would, yeah. why else would he have let right. him? I guess yeah, I was he thinking... said, he said it when they, when he was talking to Ferris's dad, uh, he said, okay, at least I'm going to slow him down a little bit. So okay. I think that that's what this attempt is for. Oh, okay. So I think this is kind of funny. Um, I'm sure you guys picked up on it. <laughs> she said sarcastically. Uh, when Ingle gets into his car and pulls out, mm-hmm. pulls away, guess, guess, guess what his license plate is. I haven't think this idea. LBK192. How many times have they used that damn license plate? It's like for it's every bad one, guy, yeah. every bad guy in the show has the same damn license plate. That's hilarious. They just rotate it. So they rotate it. It's so a. funny. Isn't that hilarious? It's like just print a few Virginia plates. Oh, good lord. <laughs> So as he's pulling away, Ingle, as Ingle's pulling away, Lee pulls in and sees the flames coming from the front of the house, which are clearly uh, fake looking. <laughs> they look so fake. But there's Frosty. And so uh, Lee comes in to Bernie's rescue and, and gets him to the hospital, luckily. Um, so he isn't, uh, he isn't killed from it. But Ingle, we have to make no, Ingle knows now what Lee looks like. Bruce's stunt double gets him out. I mean, Lee gets him out. (laughs) (laughs) And Ingle takes off. LBK192. And now we're back in the summer of 87, apparently. Uh, And uh, Lee's trying to convince Billy that Bernie didn't just fall and bump his head. He was, you know, someone's on to him and Lee needs to investigate. Now, is Lee really, does Lee really feel like this is something legitimate or is he fishing so he can have something to preoccupy him so he doesn't have to face Christmas? I think we all know and Billy knows and Amanda knows the answer to that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think he's chasing nothing. But it isn't anything. It, doesn't, it isn't, but he doesn't he can, know that. Yeah. He's, you know, he's stumbled into it like Amanda usually yes, does. Yeah, you're right. Point. You're right. Like, that's what this is all about. You're right. He says, uh, Bernie almost bought it with, that, uh, with smoke inhalation. Now he's not laid up in the hospital because he was careless. He goes, look, Lee, Christmas lights are fragile at best. He goes, yes. He goes, the insulation breaks. He goes, one of the lights comes off goes off bernie you know flashes if he falls off the ladder he goes what about the flash huh he goes he goes he said he saw a bright flash just before he hit his head and billy's logically explains one of the bulbs went off he goes look i know jake's is your friend but whatever it is the police can handle it he goes i see what's going on here you think i'm trying to invent work so that i'll duck out on the holidays right he goes you do it every year he goes well what do you want me to do huh you want me to write 
a letter to Santa Claus, paint little reindeer on my windows. He goes, I have a friend who's in trouble here, Billy. If you're not going to back me up through this agency, I'll handle it myself. He goes, I know you will, but I'll work and no play. And he goes, makes Lee a dull boy. He goes, are you suggesting I don't know how to enjoy myself? I don't like his spiked hair here. Mm-hmm. It's too spiky. Mm, yeah. I agree. And Billy says, only at this time of the year. I know his face when he does it. Yeah. It, his you know, you can, I can hear it exactly how yes. he does it. <laughs> and, and he's got that big gap in his teeth that is so big right there. And Lee looks at him and goes, bah, humbug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's spicy as hell in this Yes, episode. they really are. <laughs> Gloves are off. Yeah. Mm. So now they're shopping in the mall. Again, it's summer, if anybody's paying attention. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they, they're they coming out of a store, and, and Lee's like, what? Didn't you like that store? She goes, what? Yeah, it was fine. And he goes, well, you didn't buy anything. I'm done. <laughs> she goes, well, I know. That's because I want to get something special for special people. He goes, I know, I found it. Scarves for everyone. Everybody likes a scarf. Everybody needs one. One size fits all. And she goes, and they're already wrapped. He goes, you can't beat it. <laughs> so funny. Uh, you know what, Taya? You know how you love um, dress coat with Lee in that dress coat? I see it. Like, okay. I'm, feeling, I'm so happy. I feel the vibe he's putting out. Does he not look gorgy there? He's <laughs> mm-hmm. so cute. Yeah. Even with his little scarf, he just like yeah. looks like a dapper gentleman. Yes. It, uh, there's something. Uh, in it, obviously, it. It doesn't hurt that it's on a gorgeous man, but he just, right. he looks, it, it, it will take a, a, a normally frumpy looking guy even and elevate them, not to this level, but it will make them look better is my point. Well, I'm so glad you see that. I do like uh, Amanda's coat here too. Yeah. And I like that good. she has the gloves and they match her, her skirt matches her mm-hmm. boots and her boots matches her gloves. It's just, she's definitely more tailored here. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But so Lee's saying that he, you know, he's, He's gotten the office people all set. He gives them scarves, which what a lame gift. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, but he says, you know, worried about how to, what to get the boys. And she's like, oh, you don't have to get them anything. They're not expecting anything. And he goes, he goes, well, that's not the point. I don't want to go over there empty handed. I've got an obligation. And she goes, you shouldn't think of it as an obligation. He goes, responsibility, duty. So that's all that duty that's coming from his uncle, you know, that's what he's learned growing up is there's a duty. You have to do this because I'm a kid. You have to give me presents, not because he wants to, you know, and that's kind of sad because giving gifts is because you want to give them, not because you feel obligated. That's the worst reason in the world to give somebody a gift. He does get excited about the training, though. That's kind yeah, of like, just, he yeah. wants to get him something not about cost, but more about what he thinks that, that they, they would like. like and would be really fun for them. Right. Agreed. It, it is nice that he's, you know, you see her kind of injecting, like, teaching him, like, taking him by the hand and being like, okay, this is how you shop. You don't just get all the things at one store, one fell swoop, because it's easy, right? You get specific things mm-hmm. for, for individual people. That, that you think they would like. But he, we get some insight into him, his childhood. Is He's saying, my uncle used to take me to the department stores. He'd give me an option. I'd pick out what I wanted, and he'd buy it for me. He goes, Joe's going to be there, right? She goes, yeah. He's going to bring stuff, right? She goes, well, yeah. He 
goes, I don't want to look bad. She goes, you won't look bad. He goes, how about that? She goes, oh, yeah, the boys could use a new football. He goes, no, 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 not the, not the football, the train. She goes, sweetheart, that train must cost two to $300. We don't buy the boys gifts that cost that much, that are that, are that expensive. Now, in the script, the train was, uh, she said, five to $600. So they must have been looking at a different train because, my goodness, that must have been a really expensive train. Be kind of cool for him to be a little kid again and the, yeah. the Christmas gifts for the boys that he could help set up. And yeah, and, and yeah, get more. In, yeah, that would be, you know, kind of full circle for him, for sure. He goes, the, the boys are too much too old for this kind of stupid junk. He goes, she goes, oh, you mean like Mr. Melodious Frog? She goes, Joe brought him home from Japan years ago. He goes, years ago? That's Walter the Singing Frog. She goes, no, this is Mr. Melodious Frog. I guess just an updated version or something. She goes, you push his beanie and he plays everything from Beethoven to the Beatles. Batteries not included. <laughs> he goes, why would a lab full of MIT grads, why would they have a lab full of MIT grads if they're just importing toys from Japan? And she's like, I, I don't know. He goes, Amanda, wait a second, wait a second. She goes, here. And he shoves a presents at her. He goes, take these back to the agency for me, please. She's like, oh, he goes, please, one more hour, and then we'll pick up shopping where we left off, please. And then she leaves, and he says, I love you. And she's like, ugh. <laughs> so in the script, it's slightly different. Um, it's slightly different. In the morning, Dottie is stirring a full, this is before this, the, this is before the, uh, the shopping. Dottie is stirring a bowl bowl full of stiff batter looking out the back window at Amanda's as Amanda enters. She looks, sorry, she hooks her purse over her arm in order to handle several platters of cookies intended for the agency party. Amanda says, okay, mother, I'm on my way. Dottie turns Amanda away from the den door. No, you're not. They're having some trouble with your present. And Amanda says, still, Joe took the wagon before breakfast. And Joe says off camera says, ow, Jamie, that was my hand. And then in the background, we see the boys and Joe struggling with a huge piece of woodcraft past the den door windows. Amanda says, I've got to get going if I want to run errands on the way to work, unless you can pick, pick up the pistachio baskets. And Dottie says, I can't. I've got to finish the gingerbread men. Then I promised Mrs. Livingston I'd drop by. The mailman tells me she's not very good this year. I suppose I could ask Lillian to do something. And Amanda says, she's on vacation. Dottie says, so she's been reminding me since the day she got here. Do you know she's expecting me to drive her to Jamestown again to see the colonial Christmas exhibit? Why go again? It hasn't changed in 300 years. Joe enters nursing his hand. His hand, he hands Amanda keys. Here's your keys. I'll help you get that to the car. And Amanda says, are you all right? And Joe says, I don't think I'll lose the nail. They sure bounce off the walls this time of year. Now they want this. Now they want to stuff that old fake Santa up the chimney. I'm exhausted and it's only eight o'clock. <laughs> and Dottie says, I'm still recovering from Thanksgiving. And Amanda says, Come on, in two days, all the work will be done. It'll be Christmas. We can sit back, open our presents, be together as fam a family, and then a beat. Then start to clean it all up. The oven timer rings insistently. Dottie jumps to turn it off and take out the gingerbread men. Amanda goes out the door, and Joe starts from the for the front door of the house. It was, just, it was kind of a cute little 
I can't imagine having a fake fat Santa stuffed up a chimney. Like, that sounds a little strange to me. Just a bit. Like, you, you just have, like, some, you know, like, the Halloween decorations, mm-hmm. like, the witch into the house yeah, or something. Yeah. But, like, inside your house, like, yeah. someone's fake leg, like, mannequin legs. I'm picturing, like, half up the chimney. Like, that's so, and you can't even use your fireplace. Yeah, you wouldn't, so yeah you wouldn't be able to have a fire, that's for sure. Yeah, so in the script, um, when they do go shopping, she says, those things cost five or $600. We don't give the boys presents like that. Lee moves off past the display in the window of something called Walter the Singing Frog from Titan Toys. She, he says, just an idea. Your kids are getting too old for most of this stupid junk. She goes, you mean Mr. Melodious Frog? They had one years ago, and then goes on from there. And uh, then it says in the script, it, it was saying something like it was high, it was super high-pitched. Um, horrible sounding frog. <laughs> oh, Amanda with her random expertise. Yes. On things. Yes. That helps, helps, uh, yeah. loop everything together. Well, mm-hmm. so now we see in the film version, now we see, uh, TP and he's playing the tuba and it's like the, it's kind of like the Salvation Army where they're ringing the bell and trying to get, you know, money for charity kind of thing. And so he's playing it and leak. Lee must know he's there and comes by to see him to get uh, information from him, which he, of course, has, as always. Um, yeah, see, right at 22 minutes, that that uh, yeah, luscious coat is on him. It looks really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got a scarf on. Yeah. So he says, uh, sounds pretty good. He's like, yeah, when's your next break? He's oh, right now. Let's take five. And then we'll swing into Bach. <laughs> so and look at that Santa line. I when I was a kid, I would kill for that. There's nobody. Yeah, nobody you're right. Santa. And he's just like up against a wall too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kids would be all over that. Yeah, they would. And uh, so he has a seat next to him, and he has uh, he takes the tuba for him and puts it down on the ground for him. Ooh, all that spit's dripping out of there now. That's so gross. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and then he goes uh, did you pick anything up on titan toys he goes uh short notice but i collected a little iou at the sec a lot of highly kinetic wheeling and dealing going on it's a big business he says 11 million bucks plus in 85 a moderately successful year um, but about a year ago a fellow named maxwell falcon began to buy it up since then he's been selling off his assets he's he's making toys a strange thing that sticks to the ceiling toy guns he goes, yeah, but under license ar- arrangement, barely making a profit. He doesn't own those things anymore. He goes, he lured away about 20, you know, PhD students. He took some quick capital. He goes, indeed, he's gotten, he's got to get a quick payoff for those R&D books pretty soon. So he's like, thank you. And he goes to leave and he goes, uh, Scarecrow. He goes, yeah. He goes, haven't you forgotten something? <laughs> and then he pulls out. It's fun to see an old 20. That's a really old one. <laughs> and then shows it to him and throws it in. Man, that coat's cute on him. I know. I'm creeper. He is a cutie. He is indeed. So now we get, to, this one kind of reminds me, and it's funny because they're supposedly in the same building, but it reminds me of the the uh, tour they took with Marvelous Marvins, you mm-hmm. know, at the plant. Sure kind of like that. So of tomorrow, uh, they're reminding of um, that tomorrow night is the children's uh, Christmas pageant, and uh, they'll be donating thousands of toys to needy children. It's Titan's way of wishing everyone a happy holiday. There'll be music and a special show, 
and any tax deductions will be appreciated. Tax deductible de uh, donations. So they go on the tour. I do like her boots. Did you see them? They're like uh, like a suede brown. I didn't specifically notice them. And I like her scarf too. And the sweater's nice. Mm -hmm. I You could almost say every outfit she's had on has been good for this episode, which you can't say very often. Oh, I see the boots now. Yeah. yeah those, those are cute. Um, so Amanda tells him, you know, we're not going to find much on this tour. He goes, yeah, but, you know, I can't do very much without a diversion. So Amanda's like, come on. <laughs> and they've used this diversion multiple times as well with the, the lost contact. Uh -huh. So all these people are coming out and all of a sudden she's like, oh, my goodness, I've lost my contact lens. <laughs> I should have waited until I got to the ladies room, but it felt like a big rock in my eye. The only way we're going to find it is a damp cloth on this carpet. And then he goes, hey, there's security guy. <laughs> Can you help us? She goes, oh, watch where you're walking. Tiptoe, tiptoe. So as soon as he leaves, they get up and they take off to the secured area. It's like they've done this before. <clears throat> so now they're just kind of wandering around and no one's really paying much mind to them. <laughs> And he's got his little watch that uh, Bernie made for him that he's taking pictures uh, and getting uh, all the shots that he needs with it. <laughs> he just walks around. No one's no one's paying attention. He's just clicking away. They're good pictures, too. Yeah, they turn out pretty nice. That's what this also reminds me of uh, when he goes into that from the tour. He takes the pictures on his watch from that, too, I believe. So they're seeing a lot of high tech things that aren't usually for toys which is a big question mark for sure and then they catch up to the tour but unfortunately ingle sees them coming out of the secured area oopsies and we have signs in case no one knew that that was a restricted area there's signs everywhere that say restricted area so he goes and tells falcon he says uh that bernie's found himself a detective of some or something he goes, we can't come so close and fail now. He goes, nobody's failing. Tell your government to expect delivery as promised and on time. He goes, I could have picked anything and I had to take this stupid toy tank off the market. He goes, I suggested we kill him when he first became a problem. He goes, well, then it didn't seem necessary. Now it does. So now they're at Galilee Hospital. Bernie's in the hospital, and Lee comes to see him. He's got a, a present, which is probably a scarf, <laughs> and it is. And he's got the pictures that he wants to show him. He goes, oh, boy. He goes, yeah, you know, I figure everyone can use a scarf, right? He goes, I sure got a lot of use out of the one you, that you gave me last year and the year before that one, too. <laughs> That's the thing. I think you can do it one time, like give right. scarves. But then the next year, you have to change it up. You can't yeah, give them all scarves again. Exactly. You just you're... at least give them like gloves or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then exactly. next year, you can give them hats, and then go back to the scarf. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, you might as well not even do it. Because it just it just yeah it looks worse that yeah. that way. So uh, Lee's asking him, you know, what he remembers, and he's like, "All I remember." is that a big flash of light hits me square in the eyes. I tumbled off the ladder, and then it was lights out. 
So then he shows them the pictures and he's like, look familiar. And he starts naming off a bunch of high tech pieces of, of equipment. And he goes, yeah, I've never had my hands on one of these. But it looks like a Norton and McCormick bench tester, which Lexi and I know what bench testing is <laughs> from work. <laughs> or did you forget, Lex, now that um, you're not I there just, anymore? I, um, yeah. Like, oh, I'm like on on bench testing. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it now. Not the actual piece <laughs> of equipment, but the bench testing is. Yeah, what yeah. Like the concept of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he says they use mainly for laser optics. Why? And he says, I took these shots at the Titan toy security area. He goes, what the hell are they doing with one of those? He goes, that's my question. Exactly. They're strictly used for defense application. So then a nurse comes, two nurses come in and they have presents. And then Dr. Ferris Bueller's dad comes in and he's got a box and he says it's for Bernie, Mr. Jake's. And so she brings it over to him and he's, you know, super excited about opening presents and starts opening it, and Lee's like, hey, aren't you going to wait until Christmas? He goes, you know I can't wait un- to open a present. He goes, "Anywhere there, okay, anyways, okay. there might be something there to eat. <laughs> and he opens it up, and there's, a, I don't think you want to eat dynamite, but there's like 13 or 14 seconds left. And Lee grabs it, and luckily there's a bathroom that's attached and throws it in there. Can you imagine there's a sick person in there on the other side going to the bathroom? <laughs> what and then blows up so now ingle and falcon know that they both survived the blast we take delivery to the night the engineers will work all night if they have to he goes but it's christmas eve which okay i'm sorry but the german guy saying but it's christmas eve he's like the hard ass he wouldn't he wouldn't care if it's christmas eve give me a break it should have been the other guy saying that you know he goes so what if it's christmas eve you're paying me $20 million for R&D on a main ba- battle tank. He goes, you're going to blow that away because it's Christmas? And then uh, now we're back at the agency, and Billy's telling him that he's lucky he's not sharing a room with uh, Bernie, and he's like, neither one of us would have liked that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's got a guard on him, and it sh- he goes, at least it w- it's showing that it's not just a, a disgruntled employee. He goes... I thought I'd keep you out of the field, but you've got my okay to go ahead and black bag the factory. He goes, good. He goes, what's with the pictures? He goes, well, they confirm what we saw. Their R&D labs are definitely stocked with high-tech equipment. Wind tunnels, laser trajectories. He goes, what what could this have to do with rubber dolls and trucks? He goes, they're gearing up for a line of toy weapons. They'd have to put R&D into Bernie's tank. He goes, all right, what's going on? Get Amanda on it. He goes, Christmas Eve. And then Lee's like, what? He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, we'll start with a little watering hole near the Falcon's plant. See if these engineers, you know, if they've had some holiday cheer, then maybe they're going to talk a little bit more is what he's saying. Francine's playing the, uh, and again, this is again making me think of Marvelous Marvins because they use the same uh location when they did marvelous marvins when they had after the the singing part when they first had the introduction uh and they Mm. went out for a drink afterwards and she was playing the happy hooker oh yeah this is the same place so a lot of the same you know there's a lot of uh similar things that that go on in this Mm. and she's playing you know 
you know, talking, trying to talk, you know, get information out of the guys by using alcohol and things like that. So Francine's kind of pretending to be uh, like a recruiter from another uh, tech company wanting to get them to come over there. And she's saying, you know, we're getting into lasers next year. And then he's like, lady, we're already into lasers. And she's like, wow, you know, so that's what they're, they're trying to get information so that they can use it uh, against them. Uh, sadly. Me talking to automotive engineers about autonomous vehicles and LIDAR and stuff. Yes, right. I never never went to a bar or anything like that to try (laughs) to seduce them into a job, but maybe that was a recording. Maybe that's what would have worked. (laughs) Use what you got, Lex. Oh, God. It's funny, Lee's like, she could bag, she could bag a, a, what is she, a Bulgarian uh, agent in 35 seconds. He goes, they don't know what's about to hit them. <laughs> Do you like Amanda's suede coat there? I'm looking at Francine right now. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Cookie Monster's coat? No. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like the color, but not in a coat like that. Not in a coat. like that. Not with the red right up against it, too. Like that bright red. No, no, no. That would be, be nice and like I can't believe you called her a Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster. A Cookie Monster cult. Yeah, that's what Cookie Monster Monster has made its way into our podcast two episodes in a row. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not in a row. Two in the last three. Yes. That's funny. It's funny because he's like, uh, Lee's kind of getting off on this. And (laughs) hold on. Just give her an empty bar stool and she'll bag a Bulgarian double agent in about 35 seconds or 35 minutes. He goes, they don't know what it's about to hit them. He goes, to tell you about our, uh, oh, sorry. He goes, you know what? This is turning out to be a great Christmas Eve, huh? And she's like, we are working. We are sitting in a bar working. We're not singing Christmas carols. We're not opening presents. We're not going to church. We are sitting in a bar working on Christmas Eve. He goes, I know that. I know that. He's like properly uh, chastised. She's like, how is this fun? We're supposed to be off today and we're working. We are working. He's like, oh, I guess I stepped in it here. <laughs> he goes, if I had a family, I might like to do those things. Uh, Dude, hello. You have a ready-made one. Friend. Yeah. Just hop right into the traditions there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of like, oh, he's kind of (laughs) chagrined. So she gets the guys to slip and say that they're working on lasers and uh, that they can't beat the money, that she can't beat the money that uh, Titan's paying and the creativeness that they have, uh, the research budget, that sort of thing. They're getting a little too big for the britches there. And so Lee's like, all right, they're not going to tell us any more than this. Let's get going. And so they come up and show them their badges as if they're not government agents, but security agents from Titan Toys. Uh, He's like, they show their badges and and he's like, uh, you know, Titan Security. He goes, you're up to about $10,000 in fines already. She goes, can we see some identification, please? And then Francine's like, happy holidays, boys, and leaves. He goes, where were you when we had our industrial espionage talks, huh? He goes, calm down. We were just having a little Christmas cheer. He goes, maybe at MIT or whichever college boys, whichever college you boys are from. He goes, I bet you'll understand a nice stiff fine. He goes, I didn't go into any specifics. She goes, well, you're going to have to with us. Let's go. (laughs) Busted. 
Okay, if they're supposedly recent college grads, a couple of those guys look like they could be someone's dad. <laughs> well, didn't they? They might be the PhD students in which I know, but the one guy. Track. Yeah, I guess the one guy looks like he's like fifty. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about John. He's yeah. getting his PhD. That's true. That's true. All right, you're right. And Lane is going to be getting his bachelor's degree. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right. Checkmate. No, but I see what you're saying. I mean, when you think like recent college, yeah. dead, you're not thinking a 50-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's very commendable. Yeah. People who go back to school later, I think they have a lot. It's like, a bitch. Like you, I mean. Oh, God, that was awful. You the whole mom thing. And you I was were, pregnant. Like, crazy high up in HR. Like you had all the things going on. So I was pregnant. Yeah, it's way harder. My one teacher it. was like, please and don't have like... this baby yet. Please don't have the baby. I'm like, I'm two months away. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the last day of school, I'm like, see, I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're trying to figure out why there's an emergency and why they're working on Christmas Eve. And man says, let's go to the plant. Maybe we'll we'll be able to, uh, you know, get that done. And he goes, all right, let's go. They're really good partners, you know? Yeah. She absolutely she doesn't want, yeah, she doesn't want to be doing what she's doing, but because she needs, she knows she has to get, you know, be his partner and, and back him up. She's, she's like, all right, let's go. We'll see it to the end kind of thing. Yeah. That's great. So now they're heading over to the plant. Uh, and now it's in the evening. But we're we're now at the King House, and the boys are doing typical boy things, trying to get uh, their presents, figure out what the presents are, and shaking them. And then Joe's there, and he's saying, you know, get your those shoes need to be polished. He goes, it's up in Aunt Lillian's room, up in our room, and Aunt Lillian's got her uh, the door locked, her headaches back. And then Dottie's so snarky. She's like, well, I don't certainly don't need her sitting next to me snoring in the pew. <laughs> she has nothing nice to say about her. She daughter. really doesn't. Yeah, and we you. never get to meet nothing. her either. A rascal. So the phone rings and Joe picks it up and it's Amanda. He's like, of course, sweetheart. Ugh, stop calling each other, sweetheart. <laughs> he goes, well, the boys will be disappointed. Do you think there's any chance? you could catch up with us at the church and Dottie's like of course you know this is new all new to, to Joe but Dottie it's like old hat for her she she knows what's going on and she's like she's going to be late again he goes don't worry I understand we'll see you back here for presents and then she's like oh she goes just once I would like to have my daughter home on time for Christmas Eve and my sister's hands off the goose and then they have <laughs> <laughs> um very concerned about that damn goose she really is okay i might just say just let her cook because then you can just kick back and relax yep now in yeah. the script in the script um amanda's at the agency party and lee's at the plant saying he needs to um he's going to be late and not going to make the party and she's like oh and so He's like, I just need to get a distraction. And she's like, fine. I'm on my way. And uh, she says, Merry Christmas. And then, then we have the, the issue with Smith, uh, Dr. Smith. And then uh, she doesn't, she doesn't 
Oh, no, she does. She gives him a big hug. Much to his surprise. Don't ever do that again. Peace on earth, okay? And then she says, yes, sir. Thank you. And then he walks away. It's kind of funny. Um, so then... So then, uh, it, just really quick, just to get this kind of closed up full circle here, um, Lee's, Lee's back at the agency and he goes, nobody even missed me. And she says, sure they did. A lot of people, we were trying everything we could to think of to make sure you got there. He goes, project happy holidays. She goes, how'd you know? He goes, I'm a spy and I want, and I wanted to go. I really did. This is more important. And then that's when they go on the tour at the headquarters. Things are a little jockeyed a little differently in here, but, oh, and then another little thing that's later on, uh, Lee starts to leave as Billy rummages in his box of cakes and plops the last one of, on his desk. And Billy says, before I forget, Billy pulls a fruit cake from the box and hands it to Lee. Billy says, Merry Christmas. And then Lee feigns a smile and says, oh, great, Billy. I was hoping you wouldn't forget me. Last year's cake was, uh... Billy comes around the desk and places it sternly in Lee's hand. Can it, Scarecrow? Just take it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even lie. So now we're at the plant, outside the plant at the Titan Toys. And Lee pulls up with him and Amanda. And they are breaking in, essentially. Uh, so anything they find is inadmissible. Uh, you know, just saying. <laughs> unless they have a warrant which you know he doesn't um does did anybody else notice that she just grabbed his ass just checking i'm just asking uh, probably not. she touches his ass at like 35 between 35 and like 3509 oh yeah i see it <laughs> <laughs> a little christmas cheer for herself <laughs> yes a little treat since she's not able to sing christmas carols <laughs> Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it's dark, you know. No one, no well. one noticed. <laughs> right. I'm sure he didn't mind, to be honest. I'm sure it wasn't the first time. <laughs> and I'm sure he's used to it at this point. Yeah. He uses that as a target. <laughs> <laughs> so now he uses a gadget, much like the one that Bernie had in the beginning of the episode, uh, to get in and figure out what the code is to get into the, into the, uh, so... Ferris Bueller's dad is uh, pretty much whipping those people into shape and they're like cracking down on him like you must code 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 so they're trying to get data on tape they've got an hour to dump all the databases receiver imagery um, laser tech tracking fiber optics there's a lot of systems in that toy he goes yeah just do it he goes let's see if there's another way in and as they turn Ingalls there and he goes most people use the front oops Oopsies. So now we have the kids are getting ready for their pageant. Um, have you ever, guys ever been in like a Christmas pageant like that growing up? Yeah. 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 Those are fun. They sure have. They were fun. Inevitably, there was always one kid that always threw up because they were so nervous. <laughs> Aww. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I still remember the kid's name that did it too. <laughs> Yikes. So now we're in like the staging room, apparently that will come into play in a bit. Uh, and Falcon's there and he's talking uh, with a little girl saying uh, that Santa and is, is uh, just down the hall and uh, hands her a candy cane and she takes off with her mom. I'm sure the guy was trying to hit on her, her mom. <laughs>
He goes, don't miss them. And then you got Santa and little elves are going after him. Seems weird they would do this on Christmas Eve, though. So Ingle comes up and he's got Lee and, and Amanda there. And you are totally right, Jen. Those two guys tower over him. They seem much yeah. taller than than because he's six two and you said one six three and one six four. They seem much uh -huh. taller. I didn't notice it in in the uh, when I watched it because. They're both about the same height, but if they stand next to anybody else, you're yeah, like, oh my God, you, they're yeah. really tall. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and they seem taller because he's kind of looking up at Falcon and he's only six, he's only an inch taller, but he seems a lot taller than that. Maybe he's wearing tall shoes or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. So uh, they try and, you know, say, hey, our dispatcher knows where we are. And he's like, no, I don't think so. Otherwise you guys would have moved in already. And shot me down long before I got close to delivery. He goes, inside, please. And she looks at Lee like, should we go? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you better go. So they're like, you know, they fi finally figured out they got an American age. They got American agents in there. So it's not just a detective, you know, that that would have been a lot easier to deal with. But they got a, they got uh, feds there. He goes, if for any reason we fail to deliver. Oh, so they want to, they, they don't want to kill them right off because when they have to, if the other people, you know, if they're telling the truth and they have people coming, they don't, what are they going to do with the bodies? Right. And so they're like, we'll keep them for safekeeping just in case we need, we need them. Um, and then they'd lock them in, which seems weird. Like Lee couldn't like bust down that door. seems odd. Right. And then I think I was thinking about this, uh, the other night when I was watching this, I think they try with this whole thing where Ingle's kind of talking about the Christmas pageant and the church and everything. They're trying to soften him up to say for later in the scene where he's in that room full of little kids that he's, he's not completely heartless, you know? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Because so? why else would he even bring that up, you know? Yeah, like he's not willing to hurt like innocent kids and that you're saying like you're trying to Yeah, they're kind of showing like he hundred, yeah. Yeah, there's but like he's gonna murder a lady on Christmas Eve. I know, but a, a lady know, is one thing like the children. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. But he's not evil. That's or... what I think they're trying to show is like they're trying to soften him a little bit to say, yeah, he's not gonna he's he's not capable of that, right? Like he's a bad guy, but he's not that bad. Otherwise, yeah, what's the point of it? There's a big front for his operation to make yeah. sure that he has kids there and mm -hmm. it's really like a toy type yeah. of environment. No, I'm talking about Ingle. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Ingle saying oh, all that. Okay. Ingle saying all that. Which is weird because, you know, he's been kind of the hard ass wanting to kill Bernie and all that stuff, right? So that's why it just seems out of character. But I think that why they're doing it is to soften him a little bit to say, you know, he's not completely heartless, you know? Yeah, makes sense. Otherwise, I don't know. He goes, he goes, they still celebrate Christmas in the GDR. You know what the GDR is, right, Lex? German Democratic Republic. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it's, yeah, so it's like East Germany. Hmm. Actually, you know, I, I was, I brought some, um, like, really old stuff home for my great-grandparents, and one of the boxes that was a Christmas stuff, it literally said, West Germany. I oh, that's that so cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Lane's yeah. been Lane went to East Germany when it was East Germany. It he said it was mm. really weird. 
Yeah. His dad had to go in full uniform in the U.S. uniform, you know. Yeah. And I was like, why did they let him in there? He goes, well, because they wanted to come over to West German side. So they had to reciprocate, you know, be, uh, you know, for reciprocity, they had to do it. To yeah. Say, well, if you can come over, we can come over. So they would let him in. But he said it was so bizarre. So Ingle's like, I will kill them now. He goes, absolutely not. <laughs> he goes, if there's a chance that these two have backup, we can't leave the bodies here. Now there's a couple of hundred children crawling these halls. You want to carry them past the kids? Like a couple of Yule logs? <laughs> oh, that's funny. He goes, wait, you know, wait till it's over before I can get them out of that way. He goes, go. So now Lee and Amanda are stuck in there. And uh, Lee's trying to get the door open. And he goes, just another Christmas Eve trapped in a nest of killers. This is getting to be our own little holiday tradition. She goes, look, we're in a jam, but we can, can't stew about it. We've got to figure out a way, a way out. He goes, well, we need satchel charge to blow these hinges. He goes, well, I suppose you're going to say we can count on a miracle or two. She goes, well, it's, it's the season for them. She's ever the optimist. <laughs> I do like how they kind of bring up the fact that three years ago uh, they were, um, you know, surrounded by a bunch of Russians. And she said, we got out of that. You know, it's like usually they don't really talk too much about past, you know, cases and things like that. It's kind of nice that Mm -hmm. they bring it up a little bit. In, yeah. And speaking of in the script, um, and this is just a random one. This is with Joe and Dottie. Um, he says, of course, we're disappointed, Amanda, but we maybe we can catch up with you can catch up with us at church. And then Dottie says, hush to Joe. Not again. She missed Christmas Eve four years ago because of work. He goes, don't worry. I understand. We'll see you when you get here for presents. Bye. And then hangs up. So Dottie even brings it up like she she missed Christmas Eve, uh, which we know why. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Lee says um, later, he says, uh, we're not going. He goes, we're not going out through the roof, six inches of overhead. As I recall, you displayed an absolute genius for look. You displayed an absolute genius for looking on the bright side. You were almost grateful. What'd you say? How often does a suburban lady like me get to drink vodka with the KGB? How about now? She says, different. We've been through so much since then, and we love each other. That's new. But I'm still a suburban lady at heart, and I do believe in the power of good, especially at Christmas. Hugs him. So do you. And then... Amanda said this to who? To Lee. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, so in this, in this, you know, in this scene where we just talked about with the filming one, where he says, I'm, I suppose you're going to tell me we can't count, that we can count on a miracle or two. And then he steps on the table and tests the ceiling tiles uh, and light fixtures. Amanda refuses to give in to doubt. She goes, tis the season for them. We proved that three years ago, didn't we? Surrounded by an army of Russian soldiers. There was Christmas magic then. Why, why not believe in it can happen again? And Lee steps down. And he says, we're not, we're not going out through the roof. Six inches of overhead. And then he remembers and smiles. As I recall, you displayed an absolute genius for looking on the bright side. You were almost grateful. What'd you say? How often does a suburban lady like me get to drink vodka with the KGB? How about now? And she says, different. We've been through so much then, and we love each other. That's new. But I'm still a suburban lady at heart, 
And I do believe in the power of good, especially at Christmas. She hugs him. So do you. New angle. Lee returns the hug and scans the room, eyes stopping on the table of toys. He goes, at least more than I used to, thanks to you. But we don't have a whole lot of to work with. Picks up the toys. Walter the singing frog, baby teardrops, and a good old trusty trombone fanner. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a good old trusty tombstone fanner. This was all I ever needed when I was eight. And then goes on from there. So I like how they talked about, they kind of brought in the, the stuff with uh, the long Christmas Eve. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now they're looking around at the toys and he's like, there's not a whole lot to work with here. And she's, you know, just agrees with them. And he goes, Walter, the singing frog, baby teardrops. And then Amanda takes the doll uh, and a good old trusty tombstone fanner it's all i ever needed when i was eight and then he shoots it and then that crazy creepy cat comes coming out of there and scares amanda was scared me too (laughs) and then he finally realizes it. he's like he has an idea he goes amanda she goes yeah he goes he takes out the caps and he goes check the shelves see if you can find some more caps and batteries these things must come with batteries they never come with batteries, Lee. <laughs> oh, but she found some. She goes, I got some. They're double A's. They're only a volt and a half. He goes, that's fine. That's fine. We'll wire them together. And so she grabs them all down. Here's a whole bunch of them. He goes, how do you make her cry? And she goes, oh, well, you just, and she goes, rock the baby. <laughs> he goes, Amanda. She, she goes, rock the baby. Amanda. He, she goes, you squeeze her stomach. Squeeze it. And <laughs> she's like squeezing it. She goes, look, see tears. He goes, all right, let's find something to contain the water. So she's like pumping the poor baby doll's stomach. She looks like she's pumping her stomach for uh, poison or something. And he goes, I need the dress too. And she looks at him like, what? How dare you? He goes, what? I do. She gets a lot of tears out of that baby. I don't think there's that many in there. I know. And, and She's like really shaking her down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll cut me all your money, kid. <laughs> yeah. Give me your tears. I'm going to make you cry. Give me your tears. <laughs> yeah. So in the script, he goes, great. Find something to save them in. And oh, uh, give me the dr- doll dress. And thank you. And she, Amanda goes, okay, what for? Lean leans over the table and kisses her for reminding me what Christmas is really all about. Toys. <laughs> <laughs> Falcon comes in and uh, he's all cocky and everything. And they're like, you know, I got to hand it to you. You really done a great job and start. They, they give him a round of applause. And that makes that creepy cat come out from under there, which starts the little uh, fire going and smoke like a smoke bomb going. And so then he's able to uh, knock him, knock him senseless. And uh, now that definitely wasn't Amanda in that room. <laughs> that, no. was, that was a stunt double and uh that's not her over her shoulder either there and so now he's the one who's going to be locked in the room and they're going to get out (laughs) and i love that they are dressed up they look so cute she looks adorable as little like mrs claus or whatever you want to call her 
Yeah. She's a much hotter version of Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and so they sneak into that room where those uh, coders, the, the programmers are, are dumping all that data on the, on the files and everything. And he goes, they're loading all the data. They're loading all the data on the mainframe onto mag cores for the, for the app. She goes for the proton and he goes prototype. She goes, I knew that in the script. She actually, they don't, that's an, that's a Kate thing, I think, because, um, he says they're loading all the data onto the main fr- uh, of the mainframe onto the mag course for the trip east. And Amanda says, no prototype. He goes, all electronic. Raises his voice. Please relax and stay in your chairs. We're federal agents. We're going to have to confiscate these materials. <laughs> and then goes on from there. But she, she actually, in the script, she says it correctly. She doesn't, because I think that's, I mean, anybody, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in the tech world to know a prototype is not a prototon. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so I like how she like has to pull down his beard so she can understand what she's saying. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. They look adorable. And he goes, are you ready? She's like, yeah. And then she's like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I like how she's got her hands on her belt like Santa. Right. <laughs> he goes, boy, you two get around. And then he he reacts because he sees Ingle about to shoot them and they they see it, too. And they dive. Thank goodness. I love how Kate's got her ears closed. She's yeah. over there closing her ears. She doesn't like that either. He get, he tells her to call for Billy. Call Billy for backup. So then Ingle, unfortunately, goes into the room full of kids. And they see Santa. Lee dressed as Santa. And they're all coming at him. He's got the gun. This this part breaks my heart, you know, where where he's like, he tells Ingle, Make it, make sure it's a clean shot. Don't shoot into this room full of kids, you know, like if you're going to shoot me, go ahead, but make sure it's clean and you're not going to have any casualties. Right. And then the guys behind, behind there, uh, the set and everything. Make it a clean shot, please. Don't fire into these kids, huh? And then that little girl, Mary comes over and staring at him. Why would she stand in front of a gun? Like, who taught that kid? I don't even think she knows. Like, dude, there's a gun in your face. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) And then Lee Lee uses that distraction and comes around the side and says, drop it. So he's caught. Kids are so dumb. I know. God. They're just innocent. They went, they're you know, they're so like happy innocent. They're doing their little play, and they don't even think about it. It's like, honey, you're almost just dying. Like, yeah. Sit down. Go find your mom. <laughs> <laughs> they never expect problems. No, at no, a lovely, no. you know, pageant. No. Yeah. And then Lee, it's sweet because Lee's like, he he he's carrying it on for the kids. Like, ho ho ho. <laughs> he goes, you guys. He goes, Merry Christmas, children. You Steve still believe in Santa Claus? And they all yell, yeah. And he goes, tonight, so do I. (laughs) And he's like, let's go. Busted by Santa. They're like, what's Santa doing with a gun? Right. Now they see it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So now we're at the front door of the King House. And they have an umbrella because that that snow will never melt. So they, they have to, like, keep them covered so they don't have it all over them. Pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you know, uh, he wants to go see Bernie at the hospital. He goes, she goes, are you kidding? It's freezing out here. Get in the house. He goes, I can't. She goes, what do you mean you can't? Yes, you can. He goes, look, after five minutes, they're all going to be wondering what I'm doing there. She goes, they're not going to be wondering. 
what you're doing here. And then just on cue, Dottie opens the door and he's like, hello. She's like, it's about time. And then Amanda notices her apron right away. And she goes, that's very pretty. And she goes, yes, Aunt Lillian embroidered it. Can you imagine? That's why she didn't come down. And then as they cl- climb the stairs, she goes, Lillian, they're here. Amanda's boyfriend is here. And Amanda <laughs> grabs his hand and goes, I'm sorry about that. Now, pause for a second. I have to go back. So when Amanda's coming up the stairs, this is magic. In case you guys didn't know this, there's magic that happens on that staircase. When she comes up, she's wearing white tennis shoes. When she comes down, she's wearing black high heels. Ah, mm, Isn't that fun? I wonder if that happens at my staircase, if I go up one and down the other side. (laughs) So everybody's there. They're all happy she's there and that Lee's there. And uh, she gives everybody hugs. And then Jamie comes over and shakes his hand. He goes, you should see the gnarly skateboard my grandma got me. And then Philip can't wait. He's like, this is how I was. He's like, mom, look what I made you. She goes, wow, it's so big. And then she's looking at it like every mom does. it's really big it's It's really really big big. he goes well i built the whole thing myself by myself well almost see dad had to help fix the legs it kept falling over and then joe being a great co-parent comes over well i don't like that he kisses her but he brings her some eggnog i know he brings her some eggnog and, and says merry christmas sweetheart and then he whispers to her that it's uh it's a spice rack she's like oh and 213. Then, 213. Like, how many spices do you need? That's literally all the spices in the world. <laughs> and doubled. And then Jamie comes over and hands uh, Lee a box and says, here you go, Mr. Stetson. It's a scarf. And Lee looks at it like, really a scarf? And Dottie says, Actually, no, Jamie, no, no, no. You know that would be good for um, like a glitter supply holder. Oh, that would be. Oh my God. (laughs) We have so many. Lexi, I put them away. I was like, oh my God, I have no room. (laughs) I'm going to need a new. uh, You need the storage. You're going to have to fill up. I know. Well, for for my Christmas present, Lane's going to, we're going to go to Ikea and I'm going to get a countertop and then some drawers. And then I'm going to, on that wall I showed you, I'm going to put a cabinet system there. Awesome. Yeah. So you can sit there and I can sit at my other desk and we can be working. Yay. I don't craft days. Jen, you have to mm-hmm. come and we'll do a craft day. Yeah, that would be fun. So Dottie tells him, no, sweetheart, we're not opening presents yet. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oops. And then Lee's like, oh, great, I got a scarf. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Dottie brings him over some food that she's kept warm for him. She's like, no promises. And uh, it's sweet. She She's going to get Lillian, which we don't get to meet. I would have loved to have met that that creature. Yeah. And then Lee says, I see what you mean about Christmases here in the King House. And she puts her arm around him. And she goes, your presence at the Q Bureau. He goes, oh, well, mine for you is, well, it's at the apartment. He goes, but guess what? She says, what? He goes, I got my present already. And then says, Merry Christmas. Or she says, Merry Christmas. And he says, yeah. And then they kiss. Aw. It's cute. I wish we would have gotten to see what they got each other for Christmas. That would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Um, now, in the script, it's a little bit different, just slightly. Um, when when Jamie hands Lee the box, the Christmas present, he, he tells him in the script, it says, it's a belt. 
So it's not a scarf. Uh-huh. Uh, and everyone moves out. Dottie, Dottie taking back Jamie's gift, leaving Lee and Amanda alone with their plate of food. Uh, Lee says, I see what you mean. Christmas in the King House is special. And Amanda says, more special this year. And she remembers, wait a minute. My present for you is still back in the Q Bureau under our tree. And Lee says, mine's at the apartment. He goes, but I think I got my present already, just being with you. She says, yeah. And the best thing about this kind of present, it it lasts a lifetime. Merry Christmas, Lee. And Lee says, and to all a good night. They toast each other with eggnog and then kiss as we freeze frame fade out. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. I have to think in some ways he was a bit nervous to jump into the family Christmas, but did enjoy having Amanda all to himself, even if they were like, yes. working a case. Yep. I agree. You no. Know? I agree. Yeah. I mean, this is honestly, this is really the first time he's around the whole entire family because he just met Philip and Dottie, you know, really. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not Dottie, but, you know, in a more with Amanda there in a more personal setting. He just met them and now he's spending a whole night with them. So you, you can imagine he's uncomfortable, not to mention her ex-husband's there, the father of her children. And he said, hi, sweetheart, and yes. kissed her on the lips. <laughs> yeah, we can't forget that. Thank you for remembering that. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. No, so. the on the lips thing, I, I think that's reserved for yes. special people. Like, what used to drive me nuts, it's just going to sound weird, but Jim's mom always used to kiss him on the lips, and it just really bothered me. It's like. You're like, those are my lips. <laughs> that's your son. You know what? My, listen, my some of my extended family, that's that's what they do. Like they they'll hug and they kiss like very quickly on the mouth. Um, but I don't do that and my mom doesn't do it. Like our our family, but yeah. some of the extended family does, and they like make a joke of it because we make a big deal of like no hugs only. You don't have to do anything, it's hugs, <laughs> but they will all do it. Like the older generation, they just and it's like, no, that's an immediate no. Yeah, like, we, run, we do hugs. Run. At 29 years old, I will run from these fools that do that. We do Ooh. hugs in our family, but I Brady still gives me a kiss on the lips at 11. I mean, He's 11. I think it's just how you're brought up, but kiss my I can't even imagine. Imagine. I can't even. Not There's no place in <laughs> any universe that I would kiss my mother-in-law on the lips or anywhere. I would not kiss her anywhere. Not that I don't love her. Because I do. Um, but, um, you know, I j- no. Mm-mm. I'm with you guys. I don't Let's even kiss my ask. own mom. Yeah. Maybe on the cheek. Maybe on the cheek or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe on the cheek, but I don't even think sure. on the cheek. But, I, like, if I have to, like, I'll do, like, a cheek touch, not, like, a lip touch yeah, on the yes, cheek. Yeah, yes, agreed. Um, yes. Especially now Hugs in COVID days. Hog show, I think, I think it's. Like, I think a hug is way more than yeah. intimate yes. enough for, for an extended family member. <laughs> oh, I'm starting to get all, like, red and crazy thinking about it, knowing that this isn't my future. I got to dodge him again. It's a break next year, and now we're back. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know what just ran through my mind? You, uh, like, tackling your cousins for the spoons. I just... <laughs> Oh, that video. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. If it's physical violence, I'll take them down. No problem. Oh no problem with that sort of intimacy. But she is. touchy feely stuff, I got to take them back. She is one, and I can say this because yeah. I am too. She is one competitive bitch, and I love it. <laughs> it in specific she, settings. Oh, I'm my trying God. To be low awesome. key otherwise. But dragging and spoons. Those are my, those are my rage incidences. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was funny. That was awesome. We, we purposely at work, we both, we had two, two, uh, heats going and we both were the winners of our heats. And we both just, cause I knew one, I knew she might kick my ass. 
and she totally <laughs> could. But I was like, let's for our to savor let's our friendship. Friends. Let's stay friends and not compete against each other because it could get ugly. Both of us are so competitive. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't. We both took our gift cards and we walked away. Friends. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's funny. I'm glad that we all are on the same page though, as far as the lip kissing mm-hmm. like with extended family yes that's, no that's i, I don't know, think anybody was strange. tried i don't remember anybody tr- you know in my family trying to do that yeah. thank goodness we're all you know we'll hug yes but that's it that's it i remember that started that's just very yeah. odd i don't know that's so funny that you're like no <laughs> no sir mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> yep oh, i'll be like a gym work no, no kisses for a day till that result. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's we'll so get funny. the hydrogen peroxide out and just really deep clean that. <laughs> I never thought of that. Exactly. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, Lee doesn't. Uh, Lee. God, I do that all the time. Lane doesn't do that. He doesn't kiss his mom. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, given that you said that he touched her, like her, your father-in-law touched her one time and she freaked out, I would imagine that like yeah. anything near her lip area would yeah. be an odd she, he put, My father-in-law put his arm around her shoulders and she looked at she looked at her arm and she was just like, looked at him. I was like, oh my God. That... <laughs> wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> very, very weird. Anyways, okay. I already the camera brings you videos from the vault for the episode Santa's got a brand new bag. So we found some Christmas themed videos for you to enjoy. The first one is set to the song Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. This video is packed with scenes from this episode and was put together by Tessa Kendall McKenzie. The second was created by Love SNK and uses the song All I Want for Christmas by Olivia Olson. This is a very sweet romantic Christmas video. So hope you enjoy that. Um, most of us would love to get Lee Stetson for Christmas. So we bring you a third video by Monsie's SNK Vids set to a modified version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, renamed as Lee Stetson is Coming to Town. And the video is put together by Monsie's SNK Vids. And I also think Tam mentioned earlier in the podcast that she had a video about uh, Dr. Smith um, being a Grinch. That's also a great video. I could have added like... I don't know. I could have had like five or ten Christmas videos because there's a lot of them and it's a pretty specialized category. Um, So try to control myself to three. As always, these videos can be found on YouTube and for your convenience. We have provided the links to the videos in the show notes section of our website at mkcpodcast.com. Very nice. Yeah, there's so many good ones. There There are. I've done a couple and I know uh, um, Jenny Lee did a a few of them too mm-hmm. they're, they're fun. i could have had a whole giant list there's they're fun but... there's fun they're fun ones it's time again for Dottie's bookshelf Dottie has stuffed our stockings with a couple of fanfic recommendations that tie into this episode her first recommendation is called santa's sweetheart by laney sullivan this story was written in december of 2015 and has about 6500 words if you're wondering how lee and amanda spent christmas day in 1986 you'll want to read this Dottie's second recommendation is called The Christmas Coup and was written by FLSLP87 in December of 2018 and has about 10,500 words. Amanda has a plan to get Lee into the Christmas spirit. Will it work? As a special Christmas present bonus, 
Dottie's recommended a third story. This one is called Santa's Got a Brand New Bag Continued and was written by Amanda Lynn in December of 2003 and has just under 5,000 words. This is a continuation of the episode and picks up right where the show left off. Uh, As always, we'll provide links on our website in the show notes at mkcpodcast.com, but they can also be found on fanfic.net. Mrs. Marston's mailbox has been empty for a while, so if you'd like to be featured on our upcoming episode, keep in mind we only have 10 left to record. Be sure to send us a message at mrskingschronicles at gmail.com or via the contact form on our website, uh, which is mkcpodcast.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for Santa's Got a Brand New Bag. Join us next time as we discuss promises to keep. Don't forget to follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter at Mrs. King's Chronicles and in our private Facebook group, which you can join by answering a couple required membership questions. You can also find us at our website, mkcpodcast.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you.